Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. The H2O Podcast is now available on iHeartRadio. Well, okay then. Just, just cut off the just opening. God. <laughs> can, nobody, we, can, we, can we start the show now? I don't know if... I don't, I, <laughs> no, nobody needs to see us uh, 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 laughing and <laughs> participating in hilarity and hijinks um, because our subject matter is... Most dire. Okay, so thank you, Max. Uh, he says it's a cool intro. Thank you. I worked very hard on that. Um, okay, drink my coffee. Yeah. I have. Yes, I picked it up. I didn't you, see what was on the front. You have a Batman I mug. Have a Batman. I give I'm you a Batman mug because I'm Batman. When you can't be anything else, try to be Batman. Um, couple of things. People are starting to use our new mailing address for headquarters. Excellent. Which is really good. We got a a review copy of a book today. This is called The Hadley Academy for the Improbably Gifted Mm -hmm. by Connor Grennan, New York Times bestselling author Connor Grennan. I have no idea who Connor Grennan is. I'm happy that we got the book. So... We'll add that to the review queue. Uh, I am in the middle of reading this one that I got from Brian Niemeyer last week. We've met Brian at Worldcon Mm -hmm. back when it was here in 2016. And this is called Combat Frame X-Seed. And it's basically about, if I can, as, as far as I can tell, I'm only, I'm only just a little bit into it. But it is, what are the, the big Gundams, the big robot type things? Oh, sure, right, you know, yeah, yeah. Gundam uh-huh. robots. So those are in it, and you have Earth colonies in orbit around Earth. Basically, I guess, at war around what's left of the governments on Earth. Huh. I think okay. if I'm if I'm reading so I'm in the middle of that. It's pretty good so far. How was your weekend? Um, it was okay. Just uh, okay. Just okay. I got I got some work done. I got some uh, caught up on some things. It was uh, went to the gym a couple of times, which was nice. Um, you know, gravity. how was gym anyway? Uh, gym's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, for, for, you know, as, as folks who watch or listen to the show may have noticed, uh, Jason and I are getting older. <laughs> and, uh, who, who says? <laughs> us who says? every week. Um, and, and it's one of those things where gravity always wins, so you have to fight it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, in, in my family, we have a couple of, uncles, cousins who have at various points in their lives been very round. Mm. And I'm not built 
to carry very round well. No, you, you don't <laughs> appear to be. And so, so yeah, um, I'm doing my best to, to get into the gym at least a couple times a week. Um, so that was nice. I mean, it was, it, well, on one hand, no, it wasn't. It was awful. <laughs> but it was, it was productive, good stuff. Saturday night, I got to be a little bit productive in the day job. Uh-huh. Uh, I got a call. When did I get a call? Friday? Thursday? Friday? Friday? Uh, to go in Saturday night mm -hmm. to the Sprint Center yeah. to help with loadout for the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. Yes. That concert went are, long. Are they all right? I guess they're all right. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen them twice. A little larger than life, maybe. Um yeah. Well, see, the thing is, when, when we get a call, the, the call time is... I didn't like them, but I know the lyrics. Cause it's, they're that isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? So the call time is 10.30. Now, that's, for, for those of you who don't know, the call time is, this is when you show up. And right, you yeah, need yeah. to be checked in by that time so you're ready to work. So we, we get there. We're all checked in. We've got our little wristbands on that says we're, we're, we have permission to be there. And then... We have to sit and wait for the concert to be over. Mm -hmm. And usually, these concerts are done by about 10, 45, 11 o'clock. They went almost to 11.20 before they wrapped up. And of course, they did all of the ones that you recognize from the radio, they sure, did at the right. end. Of course, right. Mm -hmm. And so then the concert wraps up. And I, I actually got... Were you got, singing along? No. I actually are got a... Are you sure? Uh, yes, I'm very sure. <laughs> I'm very sure. I actually do we got know an easy people job. Who, do we know people who were there with you? Do we? Are, are there's no. like? Are no. we sure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for corroboration. Here. Mm -mm. <laughs> well, you know, I don't sing. I don't. I Quietly don't to yourself. I don't sing. Okay. Um, and then Wednesday night, we went and saw The Empire Strikes Back. How was that? It was good. Mrs. Boss and I took the youngling. And uh, we went to the Kansas City Symphony. If, you, if you, any of you get a chance to do this, do this. I highly recommend it. The Kansas City Symphony opened their concert season this year with a screening of The Empire Strikes Back. And these are special screeners mm -hmm. where they play the movie on the screen. And, of course, they have subtitles, the, right. you, the, the, the captions. Uh, and the symphony plays the entire score live along with the mo movie. And it's a fascinating thing to watch because you've got the screen up there and you're watching the movie. Mm -hmm. And we've actually had a couple of people comment on, in, in the social media. Um, yeah. Certain points in the evening where you forget the orchestra's there because you're right, watching yeah. the movie and they're playing along. And, this is, and I have to, every now and then, oh yeah, they're down there. I need to be paying attention to them too yeah. and not just the movie. Um, there were a couple of times I think the, the sound mix on the movie could have been turned up a little bit because some of the dialogue gets buried because you've got a live sure, orchestra right, yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. The acoustics in Kaufman Center are really good. Mm -hmm. And the, the symphony sometimes overpowered the sound from the movie. But, of course, you know what's going on. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But we did I, – I even heard some things in the symphony performance that – I don't recall ever hearing in all of the times that I've listened to the score on CD or watched the movie because the mix 
is going to be different live because, oh, sure, you know, you've got microphones whenever you're recording in a studio session. You can control the mix of who's where and what and all of that. Right, sure. And in, in this particular case, I was like, oh, I haven't heard that before. That's kind of nice. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. So it was a good, it was a fun experience. It was really good. The 501st was there. The Rebel Legion was there. So we got to see everybody. We bumped into Kevin Dillmore. Yeah. He was there. And this is so. how much of a fan, Mr. Boss is here, during the credits at the end, because they play the entire time, mm. we're sitting there listening. He's like, they're behind. <laughs> well, because here's here's the fun part. I don't know where to label and this. And this is this is the fascinating part. So the conductor on his podium, he's got the conductor score. Sure, right. right? Mm -hmm. But he's also got a little TV screen. Oh, right, yeah. And the movie is playing up on the big screen for all of us to watch, and he's got it on a little screen right in front of him. And passing in front of the screen, in front of the in front of the movie, are these vertical lines that are moving left to right sure. to give him the tempo, mm -hmm. right. the start cue, mm -hmm. start playing this section here, now, <laughs> here, now, and the red to say when it stops. Because there are some where the music, they just kind of hold on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. right, yeah. And then they stop, right? And it was really interesting to watch all that. Oh, that's really cool. But when they got to the end credits and they're rolling the end credits and the, you know, they're playing the music there, I noticed in a couple of places I'm like, it doesn't look like he's mad. he's behind. <laughs> Hold on. And you spend, by the time by the time the movie's over and finished, he got to, you know, he got to the end when the when the cues got there. So it all matched up. But it was it was fascinating to watch because this is the same technology they use when they're recording the score right, yeah. to the film. Mm -hmm. And to actually see it out there, oh, that's how that works. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it was a lot of fun. So That's cool. I did, uh, uh, I did actually have uh, something that could potentially be a cool thing. I, had, I was approached by a... Someone who's involved with a, and I'll, I'll go into more detail with this, whether it, it comes to pass or not. I'll just be vague right now, I guess. Um, but I may end up being a film mentor. Oh. Um, there's okay. a program that is designed, uh, it's a, a cooperation between a company in New York and, and an organization here in town. Um, and what they do is you go, you work with, the, the, this, the mentors in this program work with, and I'm, I, from what I can tell, they're high school age kids. Mm. Uh, to make a film about a teacher who um, inspired them. Oh, okay. And it's geared towards, uh, um, you know, the uh, teachers of color. Uh, and and Kansas City's got some, you know, for all the trouble the Kansas City school system has had over the years, it's doing for, for I mean, it got its accreditation back and, and all these things. Did they get all of it back? I, I, I think so, but I'm not sure. Someone I was else, thinking they only got partially someone, back someone, and then it got pulled away again. Someone can correct me on that. I thought, yeah. I, but in any event, there are some fantastic teachers in this town, um, in, in public and in private, and there's some wonderful people out there uh, who are great inspiration to students. And I am, of course, when I was growing up, there were teachers who inspired me, teachers mm -hmm. who I loved going to their classes, uh, and who I learned more from, from the teachers who you didn't connect with. I mean, it's just how people work. Yeah. 
And so uh, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm, I was incredibly honored to be asked to apply for this. Um, and uh, and this, was just, uh, this was just a person who's involved with the program said, you know, um, you know, would you be interested in applying for this? And there, no guarantee I'm going to get it. No guarantee sure. I'm going to be involved with it outside of, of supporting. And I think it's a really cool idea. Um, well, while you're talking about that, I'm going to do a minor adjustment on the camera because I think we're too bright. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> we, but we want to be bright. We <laughs> well, we want to be smart bright. But not yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, if I'm definitely going to... I'm definitely going to put my name in and, and have, have a conversation with these folks and see if they're if they're interested in having me um, help with this. I think that that would be very cool. I there there are probably people out there who are much better qualified than I am. I mean, there's I have a certain you know I, I would argue that I'm a I'm a I'm a good writer and I'm a good editor. Mm -hmm. uh, You're a fairly decent director. I'm a fairly decent director, but I really only started shooting myself in the last few years. Yeah. Um, while I own cameras now and I use them regularly, I'm not going to say I'm, you know, great shakes as a as a cinematographer. Um, the 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 best thing I've shot was uh, the one night stand film that Dustin and I did. The last one we did before Dustin moved, uh, where uh, oh, the bathtub, the bathtub, the bathtub, yeah. Uh, and I was I was really really proud of myself because I was just like that worked out really really well <laughs> who knew and but uh, so much of it was just me stuff that I would picked up watching the really talented people that yeah. we know behind the camera you know like, that stuff leeches out and and I picked up little nuggets of it from time and I'd be happy to pass that on but you know there may be if they're looking for someone who's who's got the whole skill set I may not I may not uh, be the best person for for being behind the camera certainly <laughs> Robert says he just assembled his clone Commander Cody action figure before starting to watch tonight. So congratulations on finishing that project. Do I see a chat in Twitch? No? Okay, I'm, I'm looking at it wrong. We are broadcasting, uh, simulcasting to both YouTube and Twitch. And um, on YouTube especially, we are not monetized at the moment because of the subject matter. And we've been vamping a little bit here to give people time to get in before we get started on our topic, which is not going to be comfortable. <laughs> um, but given the fact that the subject matter is not going to be comfortable, we are going to put some rules in place. And we've got a graphic that shows these rules. Um, and this Ooh. is this is going to apply to us as well as those of you in the chat. Uh, first of all, be polite and respectful. We are not going to get into shouting matches. We're not going to hurl insults at each other. I've got my spray bottle. <sighs> We've uh, no no <laughs> f bombs, please. Uh, we are still as much as we can be family friendly ish. Um, no flaming. We're not oh, going to get yeah. into flame wars. We're not going to get into tangents. Uh, you know, we're not going to talk about Star Wars or Zoe Quinn or Pro Jared or Andy Signore or any of those things because they could very well connect to these just by nature of the topic. But we're not going to get into any of that. We're going to try to stay focused on our topic, which is the, the Vic Mignogna lawsuit. 
And the reason we're talking about it tonight is because there was a hearing on Friday and there were some decisions made. Mm -hmm. And those decisions, of course, being praised or questioned, depending on what side that you're on. Of course. Uh, And speaking of sides, Mr. Harvey and I do not have a dog in the fight. No, do not. Uh, We may have our opinions. Those opinions might or might not Agree. Wait, well, we'll find out. And they are worth exactly what all opinions the price are. You pay to get in, right? They are. You know, we, we are not authorities. Mm. We are not lawyers. But I tell you, um, there's a lot of authorities on the internet, apparently. Oh, law Twitter is just. Oh, I know a, law Twitter oh, and YouTube. Oh, so okay. So we have extra wrenches tonight. Maya and Sam are going to be in helping to moderate the chat. You get one warning. And then the ban hammer comes out um, because I, as as much as I like the back and forth with the live chat, let's not get crazy stupid tonight, please. Um, not saying anybody will, but, but Robert Wrenches, uh, if you look in the chat, Mindy, if you would type something in there for you. Oh, you're not on your account. Um uh, type something in from your account so people can see the wrench. The The moderators in the chat, they will show up in the chat room with their names in blue with a little wrench next to their name. And that's why we call them wrenches. They're the moderators for the channel. And when she pops in there, you will see that. You see the little wrench next to her name. So that's that's what we mean when we say wrenches. We've got people who are helping us to uh, make sure everybody behaves. And that includes us. Right. Well, and, and to be honest, <laughs> nobody, nobody's winning this well, thing that's no, hap- is it happening. Is, not, it is circus. Not, not the people involved. Not fans. No. As... Well, I guess, okay, I guess for for those who have not been paying attention, because this Lucky is... Lucky you! Yeah. This <laughs> is... Well, like I said, we're not going to talk about all of the other related stuff. This could turn into a much bigger discussion about a lot of different things, but we're not going to do that, because I want to stay focused here, because yeah. we could be talking about this for days if, the, if that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, so, I, and, 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 and let me just jump in right there, is that yes. part of the problem with the whole thing that's going on with this particular thing is that it is not just about this particular thing. It has become about a lot of other things. And, right. and unfortunately, in situations like this, and we've seen this a lot, when, when, when Twitter has become the place where this stuff has become adjudicated by people who have no skills in the actual subject matter. They just right. have opinions. And and for good or for ill, mostly ill, the court of public opinion has become... No, I'm not thinking any part that's really great. Um, it's become a court. By, yeah. people, by people who are not... <clears throat> and I'm sorry, you know, if I've, I'm very I'm very sorry if I'm going to offend someone when I say this. They're not qualified. <laughs> no. Okay. No. 99.9% of Twitter is not qualified to make the judgments they are making on any side. Sorry, kids. Even, I'm sorry. even the lawyers who are on Twitter offering their opinions are not qualified in that they're not 
litigating this case. They do not have the evidence in front of these right. particular attorneys or that these includes, particular people. That includes Mr. Duchette. That includes, to a certain extent, it includes Riqueda. And I know Nick Riqueda has been getting a lot of information from Ty, and he's been sharing it with the people that are watching his YouTube channel. But even then, there are certain things that Riqueda probably does not know just because of client-lawyer privilege. And if he and, does know them, then... And everybody can have an opinion, and Riqueda's got his opinions, Duchette has his opinions, everybody is, is welcome to it, but... They're like not. you said, law Twitter is the worst place to go. Well, and, and what's really unfortunate with a situation like this is that the vitriol that is coming out of fandom towards each other... Doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, but it's just so... Doesn't surprise it's me It's so bloody depressing. Yes, it is. Because I, I don't... Whatever your politics, whatever your... Whatever you, you personally think in your, in your life, fandom has can be can be a very uniting thing, mm-hmm. right? Used to. And, and I think that unfortunately, well, I think, again, we come, back, we come back to the instant response thing that we get with Twitter where people just don't think, they just respond. Yeah. And, and it just feeds the, if, if you're, pe- people, get, people get attached to the actor or the writer or the artist or whatever that is doing the thing that they like. Mm-hmm. And... Our instincts are to defend the things we like and to criticize the things we don't. Yes. And unfortunately, in a situation like this, or in a lot of situations that the internet is really good at bringing <laughs> to the forefront, um, it's not that simple. I was telling Mrs. Today, social media, when we were kids, do you remember what it was called? A telephone and a letter. I, well, that was... <laughs> That was part of it. I used to write the other letters part of to it my was ex-wife. Called make believe. I used to write letters think. to my ex-wife. They still have some. I, you know, I when I was cleaning when I was out, eighteen. When I was cleaning out uh, the garage, at the old place, mm-hmm. I ran across a box, and I had completely forgotten that I still had these. Mm-hmm. They were the letters that my ex and I had written to each other back in college. Sure. Yeah. Oh, so many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tossed that box faster than you could say Lyme disease. I mean, it was, it, get rid of it. Gone. Done. I wanted to burn them. I have a I good didn't. relationship with my ex-wife, though. Good for you. I know. Congratulations. We uh, got divorced so we could stay friends. Yes. GJ, uh, chilling with pineapple did not happen last night because I was under the weather and completely wiped out from both working the um, Backstreet Boys thing and then all of last week we had been uh, dealing with a friend who had uh, uh, some issues at, at her apartment and then Mrs. had surgery. It was just it was one thing. It just have so they taken the leg yet, night, off yet? <laughs> She's got a matching set now of surgical shoes, ladies and gentlemen. I may have to show that on camera at some point. Um, but yeah, there's that. But yeah, last night I was just wiped out, so I couldn't do it. Now yeah, when Sife when. We both are. Should we get you a microphone, Miss, you know, Miss Boss uh, Engineer? Uh, 
<clears throat> we probably should if she's going to jump in because you know you might as well. Well, so right. I'm, I so, will. I, I'm get, again going to point I'll out one more time. Point. And of course, yes, I am an old man. I'm old. I'm, I'll be fifty next year. Uh, but you know the 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 modern and it's re- like I said, it's really it really beca- has become a thing that that's I think a, not always a great thing for fans is that. This sort of instant response. I mean, I moved to Kansas City in 2005, and MySpace had just started. Yes. I mean, MySpace had just become a thing. My the the used bookstore that I worked for, that I moved here to work for, was the Johnson County Library used bookstore. Um, we had a MySpace page where we we advertised some of our books, and you know that was 2005. So if you think you know it, this. You know, Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram and Twitch and and YouTube, all mm. this stuff is is not that old. Um, and what's the the good part about it? Because there are some good sides to this. I'm I'm in connected to to folks that I would not be connected with just because of time and space and distance and all the things that that happen. You know, which some of that stuff is really really great. But again, it comes back to, you know, somebody says something. And the first person who responds is not the person who's thinking, let me consider my reasoned response to the thing that you said that I disagree with. Yes. It's, you monster! Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Uh, All right. Shall we dive in? So, let me, let me preface shower this. afterwards. Let me preface this. We'll start where I think it began. So for those of you who do not know, Vic Mignogna is a voice actor. He is a rather well-known, popular voice actor in the anime community, which is admittedly limited. A lot of fandom, as far as genre fandom, science fiction, fantasy, horror fandom, they don't pay attention to anime. I don't watch anime very much, despite the fact that Ray keeps telling us we need to watch a anime. I know, I know, and there's some great and, and and I've seen some really fantastic anime films over the years, but it has not necessarily been my go-to. I mean, my kid likes anime, mm. and so I've seen stuff because my kid likes anime, and I have friends who are big anime fans. But it's always been one of those things where it's been, uh, you know, here's here's my set of interests right here, yeah. and anime has always been just a little bit over, you know, to the side. My not a, not a criticism. It's just not one of those things. That my anime sandbox consists mainly of Star Blazers, mm-hmm. Battle of the Planets, Battle of the Planets, yeah. And it was Battle of the Planets when I watched it. It was G Force later when they redid it. Right, Battle of the Planets, Akira, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, I, I didn't I watch a whole lot. Of the problem for people like you and me at the right age group is that once you saw Akira, yeah, it was kind of like. Everything well, and Robotech was... was in there mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people, um, but then lately, and for for ki- people my kids' age, mm-hmm. it's Pokemon. You right, know, Pokemon's yeah. the big thing. Um, Sailor, Moon. Uh, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Sure. Um, what's the What's the one that they just did a remake on on Netflix with the with the um, the parts that could come together to form the Voltron? the battle Voltron? Yes, oh, okay. Voltron. What? what? Anime? 
anime? Sure, sure Voltron's yeah. anime. Mm-hmm. And then of now, course, you know, a lot of no, a lot of a lot of American audiences in the eighties were getting very Americanized versions yeah. of the show, which often, in case Battle of the Planets and G Force, held almost no actual connection aside from the images you saw on the screen right the episodes are re-edited they were rewritten they were rescored they were i mean they were just like you know scripts were scripts were written to the images on the screen versus and, and anything a lot of else. those so a lot bizarre. of those were re-edited yeah. in order to make a coherent story now anime the actual thing itself is uh, a japanese animation mm-hmm. we'll, we'll take it even to its basic foundations sure anime comes from japan and it is a very stylized animation process right um, and you can generally tell when you're watching an anime as opposed to a a, a regular cartoon right and, or and, a cal arts animation and out of out of, out of japan animation in japan is um not considered where whereas a lot of animation in in the US is considered to be aimed at children Japan has a much more animation is aimed at every single age group right so there's something for everybody there's like anime manga. there's oh, anime, the same way. sure there's anime westerns there's anime horror there's anime love stories uh, the first stuff that made it over to the US was the anime was the adult anime the hentai mm-hmm. which is the well tentacle stuff <laughs> don't even well, don't, don't even, even go there don't even ask okay uh if if you the, the if inter- you don't know yeah you're, you're you're probably okay better off but uh, that was that was really the first stuff that made it over and i mean aside from the stuff that was showing up on tv which was highly edited stuff yeah the first video tapes that were making it over to the states were for whatever reason it was the you know it was the the tentacle porn um, that's yes. what it was. Yes. Um, Tom, Thomas at Multiverse today, he says, don't even Google it. I will second that. It's, Do it's, not it's, Google it. Just leave it's it alone. It's best not. Um, so then, then nowadays we have, there's a lot of anime on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the way it is now, you have these animation companies and we've done stories about, um, what was the one that just had the fire? In, uh, right, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I can't remember the name. I'm was sorry. It to- is it Tokyo Animation that, that had uh, the the arson attack? Yeah, I think so. and then you have Toei Animation, mm-hmm. which is directly connected to all of this. They have a couple of different shows, and what normally happens nowadays, anime animation companies in Japan, they subcontract to American animation companies and the american animation companies you have funimation you have crunchyroll Mm -hmm. you have viz media you have team foursquare i think is another one that i've seen mentioned there's there's four or five different companies that get the work funimation has the contracts from toy animation to do dragon ball z Mm -hmm. and in some of these discussion threads you may see the debate between what's called subs versus dubs Mm-hmm. The subs refer to the Japanese anime with English subtitles. Right. Whereas the dubs are the Japanese anime with English voices replacing the right. Japanese voices. And as someone as someone who, who has watched a lot of foreign film and has watched watched a lot of Japanese uh 
and what what anime I've watched a lot of times have been um, subtitled, mm-hmm. and for a long time it was a very it was tough to get good quality voice work done on Japanese animation. Yeah, and or, or, or even more accurately, good translations. And this was a thing for a long time, and, and it was, um, God, it wasn't that long ago. Again, I think um, I think Neil Gaiman was actually part of the, uh, was it Spirited Away? I think it was Spirited I Away, so, yeah. where it was like, you know, they set, they set out to make a really concerted effort to make a really accurate adaptation of the dialogue so yeah. that you could actually watch it in English and get what the writers in, in the original Japanese had in mind. And it was like, people were going, you can do this? It's like, yes. <laughs> it takes a little bit of effort. And so it was, it was suddenly, it was a thing that you could actually have. Yeah. But for a while there, it was like, oh, please give me the subtitles because your dubbing is terrible. <laughs> well, and and that actually, there's a there's a piece of all of this that is tangential to the discussion, but there have been complaints mm. about certain actors who are also writers for the translations injecting American issues into the Japanese cartoons. Mm. So, well, this character doesn't say that in the anime, in the Jap- in the Japanese version. You're just doing that to inject American socio-political, was it, was it, was it, was it in now, the cartoons. It, now, is, is some of that coming from, their, are, they, are, they a, are they adapting a similar th- Japanese no. cultural thing in no. there as it's, well? Okay. It's, somebody says something, and I, and I can think of a couple of specific uh, specific complaints that I've seen in discussion threads mm-hmm. where they're talking about, I believe it's Monica Rial's character, Bulma, or it could be Jamie Markey's character in, in this, talking about the patriarchy and nobody can tell me how to dress or whatever. But, you know, the, and mm-hmm. starting to get that stuff in. I was like, that's not in the show. You're injecting that into the show. Now, are they doing it or are the writers doing well, it? Well, Jamie is Markey a... is one of the writers for the translation the... that she's doing it. As as I read the okay. complaint. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, um, okay. So, Dragon Ball Z is a fairly popular anime, mm. and in January, uh, well, uh, let me let me finish the introduction of Vic. Vic Mignogna is a voice actor who has, for the last 15, 20 years, been involved in a number of these projects where they right. dub the English dialogue into the into the cartoons. Uh, Chuck Huber is another one, Monica Riel, uh, Sean Schemmel, um, Chris Sabat, Jamie Markey, Todd Haberkorn. Some of these names you may recognize from Star Trek Continues because Vic Mignogna plays Captain Kirk in the Star Trek Continues fan series. Right. Which also stars Michelle Speck, who was, at one point, Vic's fiance. That will come into this discussion later. That show also features... James Doohan's son, Chris, right. as Scotty. Uh, so that's that's where we know Vic Mignogna. That's how I knew Vic. Sure. I was like, oh, I, okay, this is Vic Mignogna. And when we saw him, I don't even remember where we saw him. James, uh, James was, was like, oh, he's all excited to go see Vic because Vic plays Captain Kirk. Right. And, and you know, the, the, the anime stuff is incidental. Sure. Oh, okay. Oh, he does anime. Okay. 
Todd Habercorn is Spock mm-hmm. in those in in those shows, and he does a number of different voices in in anime stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, GJ is Dragon Ball Z like Transformers and Yu-Gi-Mon is like cheap knockoff of GoBox. I have no idea what Dragon Ball Z really is about. I think I have I I I'll be honest. I I'm not I'm I don't follow don't follow that particular series at all. Wrestling combat hand to hand. I have no idea. Combat, I believe, and and I think I think there's a, a one of the characters and someone. Can, so, so I, I will probably just betray my complete ignorance here. But one of the characters is often compared to being basically the Superman of that anime yes. universe. Yes, and I think that's Goku. Okay, yeah, I think right, right. Okay. Who hey, is going to? I be, might actually be right. Uh, uh, who <laughs> apparently is going to be uh, the the mascot. I believe in the Japanese Olympics when Japan oh, okay. hosts the Olympics Goku apparently is going to be a big thing sure. which also is going to play into this oh dear so okay so Vic is a voice actor he plays uh, he plays Broly in the Dragon Ball Z series and he also plays uh, Edward Elric in Full Metal Alchemist, which is another big anime mm-hmm. that's very popular. No, I have seen the Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, I've seen a few episodes of that, actually. He, he plays one of the lead characters. And he's got a fairly substantial following. Sure, right. He's a good-looking guy. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he's in his 50s. He looks really good for being 56. He's, you know, okay. And if you're not, if you're not familiar with anime, think of it, this may, this may be for, for some of the audience, um, think of... The the actors who are in the the video game world, a lot of these actors voice, you know, they they become hugely popular within the video game world, and then you mm-hmm. voice you hear those voices again and again. Yeah, um, and that's because you know they build up a fan base. They build up you know the folks who've really loved this particular uh, you know voice of a character, and so people like Vic Mignogna and and all these other actors have established a a, vo- a sound that appeals to the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like listening to an audiobook or going to watch a movie. You end up building, you you end up with actors and performers that you become fans of. It's like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise. John Wayne. When mm. you go to a John Wayne movie, you're going to see John Wayne play John Wayne. You know, John Wayne didn't have a huge range. He had a character. Right. And everybody expected that character. Which is why when you got films like Rooster Cogburn or or a Quiet the Quiet Man, you sat there and went, oh. He can he act. Actually can act. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Mindy is putting in some more description of uh, Dragon Ball Z in the thread. Uh, GJ, I have not heard of an anime called Berserk. Sorry. <laughs> don't don't know that one. So Dragon Ball Z had a theatrical movie. Right. Dragon Ball Z Super Broly, I think is what it was called. Okay. And in January, it hit theaters. Mm-hmm. And... Opening weekend did over $9 million. And everybody went, huzzah, wow, oh my goodness, that's that's a lot. There, People were very surprised at the success of Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super Broly is the name of it. Thus begins our sordid tale <sighs> that reaches into the past... And into the future. And yes, Thomas, I have notes. You should be scared. 
But this is only so I can keep track of where we are in all of this mess. So. Because please note the date when this began. January. What month is it now? It is September. And while there was uh, decisions made in the court case on Friday, they are not final decisions. Nope. And that particular case is still ongoing, and we're not even talking about things like appeals. Or... Oh, well, we haven't even gotten to trial yet. Yeah, that's true. Because Friday was a TCPA hearing, and I will explain what goes on in that as, as, as the night goes on. This could go long tonight, folks. Not unless too long. We wanna, unless we want to put a time limit. <laughs> we'll, I mean, um, okay, so so Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball movie goes and it's a hit. It's an mm-hmm. unexpected hit. Everybody thinks that it's great. And then on Twitter, there's an account. There's a user account, Han Leia, which is associated with some young lady named Allison something. I I saw it in a in a description. Um, the website Kiwi Farms has a pretty good outline chronology of how it all got started and all of the different players that are involved. And Han Leia posts uh, on Twitter an accusation uh, about Vic mm-hmm. being a sexual predator. Right. Okay, this tweet was boosted by a user account uh, called Mars Girl. This account belongs to Kaylin Saucedo. Now, Mars Girl posted it and tagged Funimation into it. And from there... We went into the garbage chute, Flyboy, very fast. Because the accusation started flying mm-hmm. back and forth about Vic being a predator and being a sex offender and being a pedophile. And, and the re- one of the reasons why this video has been demonetized from the very beginning by me is because our subject matter is going to trigger the, the algorithms. Yeah. And so... If anybody cares to throw some money our way into Super Chat, fine. But that's incidental. So anyway, all of this stuff starts going back and forth. And then on January 30th, Lindsay Loveridge, it's got to be, a, gotta be a, 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 a pen name, Lindsay Loveridge over at Anime News Network posts what could charitably be called a hit piece describing a number of these allegations about Vic and his behavior toward young ladies, some of them minors. And then it comes out that this article included information about people that was not correct. Photographs, that had been pixelated and blurred, and a couple of those people came out and said, no, that's not what happened. Right. Why are you using my picture? I didn't give you permission to use the picture, and you're not saying anything about what really happened, because that's not what really happened. Uh, One of them posted on Facebook, that's not what happened. I wasn't a minor when this happened. My mother was with me when this happened. 
Vic gave her a kiss on the cheek. She asked for it. Mom was right there. Mom took the picture. Mm -hmm. right. Anime News Network didn't do any kind of a retraction. So suddenly, they're now in the crosshairs. People are sitting there going, wait a minute. Is this an objective piece or are you out to get Vic? Then io9 posts a piece on February 19th. The photograph, now for those, if those of you who don't know, when we, when we put an article together, there is a thing called a featured image. It's the picture, it's the image right. that goes at the top of all of our articles. We do one for every, for every article that we do. And I try to do something that's relevant to the article. Sure, right. Well, the featured image that it put on this particular one had a picture of Vic in black and white standing in front of what could charitably be called uh, tentacles. The tentacles. The evil tentacles. Yeah, right. No. Making him out to look like a monster. And it was another hit piece. It was written by Beth Elderkin. This is where it starts to get a little interesting because Beth Elderkin worked at Channel Awesome. Which apparently, from what I'm from what I'm reading, Channel Awesome was apparently just a garbage site from the get go. I don't know. I never saw it. I never looked at it. It's, it's since imploded. But funnily enough, somebody else who worked at Channel Awesome, Kaylin Saucedo, also known as Mars Girl. So now people are starting to wonder. Well, wait a minute. They know each other. And so questions are starting to be asked, is this a planned thing? Because now suddenly, oh, hey, here's this secret Google document where people are starting to talk about how can we get Vic and what can we make up about him and what, what could do this and that and the other. And, and suddenly this just blows up. Mm -hmm. Yellow Flash... One of the YouTubers that has been covering it, he was one of the first ones to report what he was hearing about all of this as it was brewing. And I was watching some of this stuff go in, in real time as it developed, and I'm sitting there going, oh my, this is just going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it was. And thank you for the Super Chat Multiverse tonight. Thomas gives us $1.49. Well, thank you. And some popcorn. And a little well, popcorn emoji. Yes. Um, okay. So, so it starts blowing up, and then we start to see Monica Rial get involved, voice actor, ostensibly a friend of Vic's mm -hmm. for the last 15, 20 years or so. They've been working together. They've been at cons together. They've laughed and yucked it up and, oh, you know, kissy, kissy face and whatever and been friends for all this time. And then she starts to pile on to Vic, and then Jamie Markey gets involved. And then you suddenly start seeing other people, tw the Twitter mob, mm -hmm. like they do. And suddenly, uh, Funimation is dumping Vic Mignogna. Mm -hmm. Rooster Teeth dumps Vic Mignogna because he was also on the cast of Ruby. And the only thing that Funimation posted on their tweet is it said, we are no longer going to be working with Vic Mignogna. And then later, they post a second one. A second tweet. In reply to that first tweet, and that's going to come into this too. So the first tweet, we're not working with it. And they could have left it at that and been okay. But that second uh. tweet, they said, 
we are not going to endorse or sanction or tolerate harassment. The implication being, since those two tweets were connected, mm-hmm. we're not working with Vic, we don't endorse harassment. Well, by inference, you can sit there and say, well, they're calling Vic a harasser. Yeah. And this is something that came up in the hearing on Friday when uh, Volney, was it John Volney, uh, Funimation's lawyer, Posted those tweets. Mm-hmm. He showed he showed those tweets in their in their defense exhibit, but he did it in such a way to make it appear as if the second harassment tweet was a reply to somebody else and not their own. If, as, if people people who are familiar with Twitter, you know these are things called threads. Right. If I do, if I post something and then I post a reply to it, and I post a reply to it, then I couldn't. You could click that show thread, and it shows all of the thread, all of the, all of the tweets that are connected, one right after the other, which is what these were. But he made it look like they weren't, and so got out of, you know, got Funimation out of some of this stuff. Very yeah. cleverly done, but shenanigans. Well, not necessarily because a lawyer's job is well. Yes, I okay, know. So not shenanigans. But well, being di- a lawyer and disingenuous, and, and well, again, being a lawyer and defending your client, bear in mind that part of the problem with anything like this, okay, and this is a this is a sweeping generalization involving any of this stuff involving Twitter. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff ends up taking on a personal nature. So and so, this individual is out to get this individual. Right. Sometimes, no. Sometimes I'm, I'm not saying that people aren't because people yeah. do, but I'm also saying that there's there's an uh, an ascribing of motive to people that we have to keep in mind may or may not exist because we are outside well, looking in and okay. I mean, you have you ha- as an objective reporter and it, as an object yes. you have got to remember that sometimes what looks and I'm not, again, I have no horse in this race. <laughs> I honestly don't, I honestly do not care. But it's, unfortunately, the, it's, it's a, it, this, well, is, it's, this yeah, is a it's virus, a, this is a, a virus a, on, on, in the, in the ecosystem of fandom. Yeah. It's not just here, it's everywhere. Yeah. And there's just, there's a thing that happens where we're all like, so-and-so's out to get so-and-so. Well, well. Don't all sometimes it's going to be personal kids, but sometimes it's not. Yes, but a case can be made, Mm -hmm. and a case has been made Mm -hmm. that Monica and Jamie, and then later on, Monica's fiance, Ron Toy, Mm -hmm. made it personal and they made it about Vic and Ron Toy, especially. And it is Toy, it's not Toye, like a lot of people have been pronouncing it. I watched the deposition. I heard how he pronounces his name, so it's sure, Montoy, right. um, which is not very much better. I mean, there's an E at the end of it, T-O-Y-E, so it could be Toy, it could be Toye. Neither one of them is, you know, very flattering, but... It's a name. It's a name. It's just a Ron name. Toy. It's not, it's not flattering or unflattering, it's just <laughs> but, his name. Well, I know, but see, everybody, there are a lot of people that are pronouncing it Toye to be... 
critical. You know, tongue in cheek. Aha! Let's have a laugh on his. Oh, okay. on his, right, right. No, it's just, uh, his, it's just his, his name. His. But calling him Ron Toy, it doesn't it doesn't improve things for him. I'm just saying. But anyway, so Ron Toy dumps onto Twitter, and. If you look at some of the filings, especially one of the later ones, mm. the second amended plea that, uh, that, that Vic's legal team put in, Ron made Vic his mission almost 400 plus yeah. tweets, individual tweets, about how Vic is a monster, is a pedophile, is a sex offender, is sex assault, is an abuser, all of these things, calling him all sorts of names, mm. and doing it in such a way as to also present that he, he represented that he knew hundreds of women that Vic had assaulted including Monica. Now, that's where it starts to get personal. Now, Ron has been engaged to Monica for I don't know how long. Mm. He's a mortgage broker. That That's going to come into play as well. He's a mortgage broker. He doesn't have anything to do with the voice acting animation stuff right. at all. So somewhere in there, Funimation does their their investigation. And to the best I can find... That investigation basically involved somebody at Sony, and I can't remember her name, Denbo. I know her last name is Denbo. Tammy Denbo, Tracy Denbo, something like that. Tammy Denbo, I think. There were some discussions with Vic. Vic says, I don't know anything about any of this. I didn't do anything. I haven't done anything. Anything that I have done with people has totally been consensual. I've never done anything with a minor. Get out of here for that. Mm -hmm. You know, denies everything. Right. And as best I can find, that investigation lasted maybe about a week. They fired Vic. And then there were emails back and forth from Monica to Funimation. And Monica to Rooster Teeth. And the emails Monica sent to Rooster Teeth seemed to imply that they had some communication prior to Rooster Teeth letting Vic go. Don't know that for sure. But the way she's talking in her emails to Rooster Teeth would imply that there was previous communications that we haven't seen yet. So all of this is going on. Conventions start dropping Vic. Right. One right after the other. Emerald City Comic Con, Planet Comic Con here mm -hmm. in, in Kansas City. Um, Which, and, and for Super, those of Florida for, Supercon, for, Megacon. For folks who want to attack the cons, sometimes don't. the decision there is just we don't want the bad publicity. Right. And, it's, and, and, not, and having this person not come here, whatever blowback we're going to get about disinviting this person is not going to be as big as potentially and financially damaging. Remember that Remember that these guys are... Cons lose money a lot of the time. You cannot afford a financial hit. That's just a purely business decision. It's not about... Well, and... and more and, often than not. More often than not. And Planet Comic Con's case, they said, their, their, their announcement, their statement was 
Vigmanana has canceled his appearance at Planet Comic Con. That's the only thing that they ever said. Mm. So you would think, by the way that's worded, that Vic canceled his appearance. That would be the implication, yes. Turns out that's not the case. Because according to the documents that were filed in district court in Tarrant County, Planet Comic Con canceled Vic. As did all of these other conventions. Sure. Including Kamehacon, which was in Houston. I think I think Kamehacon's in Houston. It's an anime festival. Mm-hmm. Run by a guy named Chris Slaytosh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's what it looks like. If anybody knows for sure, I'd like to be pronouncing names correctly. So. Sure. But right now, everybody is pronouncing it Slaytosh, so that's what we're going to with. And Chris Slaytosh, in his affidavit, produces tweets and text messages. Not tweets, text messages. From Ron Toy. Mm-hmm. Who says, you really should cancel your contract with Vic. And we've got this potential sponsorship worth about $25,000. I, I really don't know if, I, if, if we could do that if you're going to keep Vic as mm. a guest. And then there were some phone calls. And apparently the phone calls between Slytosh and Monica, because Monica got involved in this, basically saying, if you keep Vic as a guest... I'm going to pull my, I'm going to cancel my appearance and I've got a number of other voice actors I'm going to talk to about canceling their appearance. So basically you cancel this contract or we're going to ba- we're going to blow the popsicles down on everything else. And during that conversation according to Slaytosh's affidavit, Ron is in the background. Mm-hmm. So Monica mm-hmm. is having conversations with Ron at the same time she's talking to Chris. So Ron and Monica are sure. together while this conversation is happening. And all the while, we're not hearing anything from Vic. Vic made an appearance at a convention that did not cancel him, and he he basically came out and he said, I don't know what's going on. You know, if I've offended anybody, if I've done anything wrong, I'm sorry. I mean, he, you know, he's in tears. He's just a you know, heartfelt apology. I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever done anything wrong, but if I have, I'm sorry. I want to fix it. How do I make it right? And as it turns out later, we, we found out after he got fired, he sent an email to Monica basically saying, I thought you were my friend. What have I done to you? Let me, let me fix this. Let me make this up. I, you know, we've been friends for all of these years, and mm. your friendship has been special for me. Not any kind of a romantic thing, but, you know, we're friends. Right. right. And this, you know, he's completely blindsided by all this. And with Ron just going right after the other tweet, 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 right, tweet on yeah. this. So about that time, I think, is when Nick Ricada popped up on the radar, started looking at this. He's a lawyer out of Minnesota. He has a channel that's called Ricada. It's called Law Splaining with Ricada. He basically explains how the law works to the layman, and he's and he's got a little bit of a following and this bit with with Vic this case blew up his channel yeah and he recommended to Vic Ty Beard as a lawyer 
Which may have been a mistake based it, on Friday's hearing. Well, depends on who you hear. It depends on whose I, account of the hearing you're looking at. Just we'll ba- get to that. Yeah. Okay. So Beard, Harris, Bullock, and Hughes comes on board as Vic's lawyer, and now we have a filing. Vic Mignogna versus Funimation, Jamie Markey, Monica Real, and Ron Toy. Defamation, mm-hmm. tortious interference with a contract, tortious interference with prospects for, for business, civil conspiracy, and um, casual liability, I think is what it is. It's, it's, there's a, it's something liability on the part of Funimation. But they've got all of them hit with defamation right. and tortious interference. And, and this, tortious interference especially because Ron and Monica went to Chris Slatosh and said, cancel your contract right. with Vic. That is illegal. Tortious interference. And this is what we're seeing with Richard Meyer versus, uh, uh, versus Mark Waite. We're not going to get into the weeds with that. But tortious interference basically is, say Tim has a contract with... Um, Sony. Sure. All right. I don't. I call Sony and I say, you know what? You really shouldn't hire Tim because he beats his cats. I do not beat my cat. And all I have to do is tweet. Right. Tim Harvey beats his cats. And wait for it to blow up. Oh, God, I know. Okay. So, do not beat Sony, my cat. Now, Sony has a choice at this point. Do mm-hmm. we keep Tim or do we fire Tim? In either case, my attempt to break that contract right. is called tortious interference. Whether it's successful or not is immaterial. It does not matter if I successfully get Sony to fire Tim. All that matters is that I'm interfering. Right. That's the, attempt, the definition. The attempt. The attempt. It's not that you actually... Break the law. Right. It's that you tried. Right. And in this particular case, Kamea Khan ended up canceling Vic's contract. Right. Now, they went back later and re-invited him. And in the hearing on Friday, it basically, when Judge Chupp was basically saying, okay, well, what were the damages? Well, you couldn't really put very much of a number on it immediately to hand because Kamea Khan did bring him back. But, as it's been pointed out in the analysis later, there's still a breach of contract on the first contract because the second contract was materially different from the first contract. It wasn't just, okay, we'll just use this other contract and come in. We had to do a new one with extra security, different place in the in the map in the in the thing he wasn't going to do panels there were all these other restrictions on it so it's right, a completely sure. new agreement mm-hmm. subsequent to the to the one that was in breach which to be honest if you if you negotiated a separate agreement from your original one without the interference uh, that's a separate thing right and sometimes that is something that just happens and for if a lot you of reasons. if you negotiate a second contract then it it needs to be if, if your first contract is still in in play if it's still in effect then if you do a second contract that's supposed to replace that one then that second contract has to say this negates Super, and replaces the old the, yeah, yeah. The previous one which it didn't do so you've got tortious interference 
what looks like. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll be I'll be fair. Mm-hmm. It looks like tortious interference. A case can be made. Right. Which is why you go to court. Right. A case can be made. The defamation, a lot of it hangs on on Monica and Ron. Because mm-hmm. they were the ones out there making all of these accusations and all of these all of these things. Right. So documents after documents after documents after documents after documents. If you go to Scribd and look up the co- the the cause number, mm-hmm. there are sixty six documents right. that have been filed in this because you have all of these different pleadings and amended pleadings and response and affidavits and depositions and all this stuff. The wonderful joys of court and defense, of course, tried to tried to get the upper hand and wanted to do the they wanted to depose Vic first. And the suspicion was they wanted to depose Vic first in order for Monica and Ron to start leaking stuff because they had already been doing that. Okay, so who's suspicion? Allegedly. Who's suspicion? Because, because... Well, There's, I, mean, I mean, the people that were co- covering it on YouTube, mm-hmm. Ricardo had said some stuff about this kind of thing. Basically, he was calling everybody on shenanigans because the way it's supposed to work, that... You know, scheduling-wise, we depose, and then you depose, and they wanted to do it backwards, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not clear on exactly how it all fell apart. Okay, fell so let's, let's, let's throw in the qualifier there. It may or may not be the case. It may or may not be the case. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it isn't. Right. I'm just saying we're but not lawyers, nor do we play them on TV. One of, the, one of the other arguments, as far as, like, the conspiracy stuff goes mm. and the defamation part, is when Ron, who is not an employee of Funimation, mm. is privy to information that you've worked in HR. Uh-huh. Ron is privy to information that he shouldn't ought to have. Uh-huh. And he's telling Slaytosh there's an investigation and there's going to be criminal charges and all this. And he's making up all this stuff about what's going to happen with Vic. Now, there have not been any criminal charges. Let's be clear. In all of this time when people say that this has been a known secret, an open secret, we've known about this all of these years, not once has Vic Mignogna ever been charged with a crime. Right. He has not been convicted of a crime. Right. He has not been tried. He has not been officially accused outside of the court of social media dumpster fire. Now, again, a qualifier. As far as we know. As far as we know. As far as that's one, that's qualifier one. Yeah. Qualifier two, there is, it is a very real thing that people who have been assaulted, and I'm not, again, I am not saying he did this. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am not. I am absolutely not accusing him of anything. I don't. No, I have no experience. I have no yep. one coming to me and saying he did this thing to me. But we know historically just from how people are and that some people do not report assaults. That's true. It happens. They are traumatized by it. They're afraid. There's a lot of different reasons why people do not report Assaults of all different kinds, whether it's whether it's someone you know everything from someone saying something brutally hurtful all the mm-hmm. way up to rape and attempted murder. These things. Yep. So qualifier there. We're not saying he's innocent, but 
but there's no evidence he's ever been charged with anything. Now, I have seen in some discussion boards, I have seen in a number of different places, descriptions of Vic's behavior as a guest at conventions. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are more consistent than any of these other allegations. Now, the allegations that I've seen are almost word for word exactly a match, like cut and paste type accusations. And I'm not saying that's what's happening. No, because unfortunately... But they are so similar. Well, but again, another qualifier there is that when people... it Again, it, this is where things get so messy. Mm. Because sometimes when someone comes forward with a story that is so much like yours... When you turn around and repeat your story, your personal story, but somebody else has something that's so like yours, people do end up using the same words. This is that's, just a thing that true. happens. I'll, I'll and, give you that. And for folks, again, I am not accusing Vic Mignogna of anything. <laughs> I am not. But people who do prey on other people oftentimes will do the same thing now, again and again. Now, let, so, me, let, me, let again, me throw this in there. Um Qualifiers, God. Vic, well, it's, it's better. It's better than it's. I know. It's, it's better than digressions. Well, it's better. It's better than on this one, It's better than least. sitting there and saying this is a this is what happened when yeah. we don't we know. don't know. Now and neither um, and neither. By the way, neither does do Twitter. The, does, does Twitter? Anybody? You see anybody on Twitter who is not? No, you see anybody on Twitter? Well, who's and, saying this is what happened? They don't know. And they don't. let's and let's go back. I, w I was gonna Ooh. I was gonna wait for this for a little bit, but let's go back here. here. Twitter. Mm. That original accusation from Han Leia mm -hmm. when she was describing an encounter in an elevator with this creepy dude mm -hmm. who hit on her. Mm -hmm. And then she comes out and says, "Then I heard later that he ran off to Vegas and married some teenager." Mm-hmm. Aha! That was not Vic. That was Ilyich Gardiola. Gardiola. I don't even know who, who that actually is. did it. He was a voice, he's a voice actor. Oh, okay. Ilyich Gardiola. Look him up. He ran off to Vegas with a 14-year-old girl yeah. and married her with the permission of the mother, who was also there, because he wanted to avoid sexual assault charges. Well, you know, ugh. So taking a shower after this, this I so entire am. thing mm. starts with a misidentification of creepy dude in the elevator. Now, again, that does not exonerate. Now, again, it no, it not accusing it anybody. Exonerate. God, I hate this. But every word out of my mouth is going to be. I'm not accusing. But the person God. who pointed out. That she's talking about Ilyich Guardiola, who's an ex-boyfriend of Monica Rial, by the way. Mm. But the person who pointed out, um, don't you mean Ilyich was Mars Girl? Mm. So Mars Girl knew that this ac accusation against Vic was incorrect in identifying who it was that had done the thing. And you would think, oh, hey, Mia Culpa, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. But no, they doubled down. And by the time now we're getting into the lawsuit and you're getting into the tortious interference, you're getting into the defamation, you're getting into all of this stuff. By that time, it's completely out of control. Oh, it's and oh, there's yeah, hundreds it's of, so out of control. hundreds of pages of I documents made, being filed. I made affidavits terrible and depositions. mistake 
of going to anime message boards today. <laughs> You've only been looking at it today. I've been, uh, I've been, no. I've been in this for a week. No, looking at this I made stuff. the terrible mistake of looking what's going on in the last twenty four hours. Oy. Because I looked at stuff on Friday with uh. the with the court case, and then I was like, okay, I cheerfully avoided this stuff this weekend. What should, what what has happened in the last twenty four hours? Yeah, and and then and and legally nothing, nothing. However, nothing um, can. But the hearing was on Friday. There's been much commentary about the hearing, and some Ugh. of it, I think. It, and okay, I'm going to qualify this because we don't know exactly what happened in the hearing outside of. Two or three people who have posted on Twitter, here's what happened. Now, there is a, I can't remember the site, but somebody raised money to get the transcript, which is like, it's like, seven, uh, like $350. Yeah. So there's. I sent a note to the district court reporter mm -hmm. uh, and said, We've been covering this story. What's the process for getting this? They said, Here's the invoice. As soon as you pay the fee, we'll send you a transcript. Right. $350. So that so is... So the super chats are open. Yeah. <laughs> so that is... Apparently Apparently, some people have raised the money to get this transcript. So don't be surprised to see it on the web At very, very point, soon. At some point, we probably will see it. Um, and I have talked to a, a, a high school classmate of mine who is who practices business law in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And is familiar with the TCPA. Now, what this is, TCPA, is the Texas Civil Participation Act, mm -hmm. which is a piece of law that's codified in the Texas Civil Rules of Action or whatever. It's Chapter 27. You want to look it up. And it basically lines up qualifications for suing somebody who says something. And it's basically the intent, the original intent, as Jules explained it to me, the original intent was to cut down on a lot of the frivolous lawsuits. Right. Because defamation is actually really not that easy to prove. Right. You would think that it might be, but from a legal sense, yeah. and this is this is where I think that people, people need to also bear in mind that what you think in terms of common sense, which of course is a a dubious Not term common. as well. But when you think of things like, you know, well, that should be obvious. Well, maybe mm. it may appear to be that way to you, but in terms of the law, yeah. there are very specific things, which is why, okay, and it's, it's a, a little example. Um, libel and slander are not the same thing. They are similar. Uh-huh. Uh, but they mean distinct things, and people confuse them all the time. Very bright people confuse libel and slander. Right. Um, libel is somebody saying something out in public. And this is this is very, very, very dumbed down. Yeah. Slander is written terrible somethings about somebody. Unless you flip that around backwards, because that's the other thing, is that people can't decide which ones they are. Again... Smart people uh -huh. confuse them very often, and and this and these and when it comes and, to the law, these become very specific things you have to bear in mind. And so one this is where element things can of get that, sticky. and one element of that is malice. Yes, you have to prove. Okay, if I just sit there and say, for the purposes of an example, Tim Harvey beats his cat. I do not. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. But 
somebody could take that out of context. Somebody could take that clip of me saying Tim Harvey beats his cat and start spreading that all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now, the intent could be, oh, hey, let's just have a gag and throw it around and see what happens. Animal abuse is not funny, by the, the way. Other, the other intent could be, let's put this out there and make Tim look bad and make people think that he beats his cat because right. we don't like Tim. That's and malice. When you are intending to do harm by the things you say, knowing them to be not true, right? then you're getting into libel and slander and defamation. And then you also look at what, what we see with Twitter these now and social media is things you said 10 years ago yeah, where you thought you were being funny and what you'd said, uh, James Gunn ran into this, yeah. um, where you say a thing that you think you're making a joke, but it's an offensive thing mm -hmm. that, surprise, isn't actually very funny, often the times. And that comes back to bite you later because society moves on, we, we look at things differently. That's just a thing that happens in the world. Right. I mean, that's, that's, not a, that's not because of Twitter, it's just what it is. And this sort of stuff can come back to bite you. So this can also factor into what did you intend? Yeah. You know, is this malice? Do, were, you, and, were you saying this awful thing you know, well, and, with and, the intent to do harm? And, and some people, uh, and I've seen this in a number of different discussion threads and on Twitter and some of the YouTube things, there, there is a question as to whether or not Ron's motive in doing all of this is to quote unquote white knight for Monica because at one point Monica and Vic were a thing, I guess. I I don't know. Well, if that's white and knighting, that's more. It could be, you know, it could be jealousy. It could be envy. I have no idea. It could be I'm going to take up Monica's cause because she's my fiance and I'm just going to do what I think I need to do. Who knows? Right, and don't. unfortunately, unfortunately, social media can be a terrible feedback loop. Where if you say this thing, and you get positive reinforcement and whatever, and positive is in air quotes here for uh -huh. the folks who are listening to this, because some of this stuff is like that's positive, really? You're you're and, and it's the people it's the people who troll and go. Mm -hmm. I've upset a lot of people. This is fun, um, but I think that if you are if you are getting. Uh, Reading those tweets, Feeding I don't get that. a sense that Ron was enjoying it so much as, well, not not from the standpoint of having fun. I think he, he was deriving a certain sense of satisfaction because I'm going to get Vic, but I don't uh, get a sense that he was having the fun The problem is in so 240 much. characters or 280 or whatever, it, how, however many characters Twitter is right now, I don't even think I have 800 tweets. I don't even... But yeah, I mean, he's he's been doing this know. for for just, just, hundreds of tweets. I don't and, I don't care about much. I don't I don't know if I care about anything enough to make eight hundred tweets about and, it. And Mr. Duchette, and I have a kid who is a lawyer, <laughs> who apparently is three hundred thousand dollars in debt according to some documents, has been tweeting about this case some two two hundred three hundred tweets a day mm. on this stuff. What? When do you have a life? Why would you be so fixated on something like well, this? Well, but okay, but here's the question. You know, I mean, you look at you look at the fan responses. I mean, there was stuff. Some of the some of the, there were, and again, Twitter is a cesspool. Sorry, folks, if you enjoy Twitter, I, I, I wish I wish you well of it. 
Um, <laughs> I wish but there, we were off of it. There were people who were there were people who were threatening the judge's life on Twitter. I know, which and, is insane. And, and folks, let me let me be clear. Any any of you who are watching this, whether it's live or in replay, do not contact any of these people. No, do not. Don't do it. And and here's a reminder: threatening the life of someone on social media. More and more will actually get you a visit mm. from the authorities if you say it in just that wonderful way where they sit there and go, clearly you're not joking. Funny you should mention that. Please, please enlighten me on whatever's about your saying. Funny you should mention that. Yeah. As the attention focused more on Mr. Toy, mm -hmm. it came out, I believe, a week and a half before the hearing. Mm -hmm. Some of the details surrounding Mr. Toy's divorce. Uh-huh. And apparently, at one point, Mr. Toy's ex-wife had a protective order issued to keep oh, Mr. Toy good. away from her mm. because he had a tendency to lose his temper. Oh, good. And throw things. Oh, good. And hit people. Mm. And it came out, and I don't know now, the veracity of this. Now, the document, the protective order, we've seen the document. That was my next question. Order is, does okay, exist. Is this, is this, is this yes. Twitter rumor it's or is it not, an actual thing? It's not in effect now because of the distance involved between them now, because okay. I guess she moved. Okay. But during all of that, word is that he threatened her, he threatened their dogs. Yes. He threatened the judge and the judge's family as part of his temper tantrums. Probably don't have any substance to those threats because I, you know, being, being right because if there was if there was if, if there was legally substance to the threat, then he would be legally in jail. Yeah. So because that's how that, that works. came out, and then <laughs> and then. After all of this bloviating about, about Vic's behavior toward women. Right. Those same people who are accusing him of acting inappropriately apparently recorded some things. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this? Um which this? Which okay. which recordings? So the audio because there's other because re I mean there's there I know are, about some recordings. There are there's leaked audio clips that made it out into the world. These are the Funimation ones. The Funimation okay. ones. I was just wondering if there was. I was just yeah. wondering if there were new ones. No, these are the Funimation ones, where uh, you have now. God. Okay, having been in all of this with actors and and right, things yeah. and whatever, um, and I should ask Tom about this because. Some of these clips have been described by those people. These are warm-ups. We're just, we're just, you know, warming up. We're exercises right, yeah. and having a little fun before everything. Okay, fine. Don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Whatever. But they are lewd. Mm -hmm. They are lascivious. Mm -hmm. And in one particular case, they are fully produced. These voice actors portraying these Dragon Ball characters in compromising scenarios, shall we say? Now, this, by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. 
with re- recordings popping up with wow. uh god i can't remember who it was there was years ago i want to say it was a warner brothers thing where it was some cartoon where the the actors involved and i i'll see if i can find what this is but the actors involved actually did a complete episode of and, and it was it was that. all internal it was all well it was all meant to be internal right. it was a bunch of it was these people just goofing around it was blah 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 mm-hmm. and this this becomes the issue is that again what you think is funny with your friends out in the light of day not so much not so much well and then focus started to turn on to Mr. Christopher Sabat mm-hmm. who plays Vegeta I think is the name okay he's Again. One of the characters. But Chris Sabat owns the recording studio that Funimation contracts in order to record these dubs. And Chuck Huber, who plays Dr. McCoy in Star Trek Continues. Right. He's a friend of Vic's. Friend of all of these people. I mean, all of these people are supposed to be friends. Huber does an affidavit. And says, in the 20 years that I have been doing this, I have never heard anybody say in my presence anything about Vic being a sexual predator, pedophile, sexual assault, any of that. Okay. What he did hear was Monica and Jamie and Chris Sabat and Sean Schemmel all making fun of Vic behind his back for being a Christian and for being promiscuous. Now, being a not-so-great Christian myself, I can say, you make mistakes. Vic using his... And, and, and Huber calls him on it in the affidavit. He says... I was never a big fan of this, but Vic sometimes would use his fame and popularity to bed women. Jim Kirk. Mm. You know, I'm handsome and I'm popular and, oh, hey. You know, and I you can do? get laid. Yeah. But Vic has maintained from the get-go that all of these encounters, whatever encounters, were consensual. And sure. if anybody were to say no, because there is an affidavit that Ron and Monica submitted from a couple, a, a, a set of twins. And I don't remember their last name. I think I think their name, I, I don't remember. Because it's been redacted in some places and sure, it's not right. in others. So I'm not going to say the name. But these twins apparently are cosplayers and they've gone from convention to convention to convention to convention to convention and they've had encounters with Vic and oh hi Vic and how you doing Vic whatever so at some point Vic says do you guys want to come up to my room because he knows them now he's seen them at all of these different conventions let's go have a little fun now they're not minors right they're of age they can say yes or no whatever Right, right sure and according to them he did all these terrible, horrible things. And according to Vic, they came up to the room. He said, you guys want to... And they said no. And they left. He said, if anybody were to say no, that's the end of it. Which is the way it should be. Which is the way it should be. He said, the 
Anything that I've ever done has always been consensual. I've never done anything past. If somebody says, no, that's it, done, shut down, gone. Right. And he's been consistent on everything that he's said regarding that. Which, to, again, object, an objective viewpoint, yeah. he would. And With, that, Whether he was telling the truth or not, that is, uh, that is from a legal standpoint... That's what you do. That's what you do. And in the legal side of things, in the court, we still operate by the principle of innocent until proven guilty. That's Those who are idea. leveling the accusation have the burden of proof. If you're going to say that Vic did X, then you have to prove Vic did X. And, but, that wor- and that works both ways because the court case currently that, that we're dealing with yes. is Vic suing them, suing the accusers by saying, you know, this is the stuff you have done to my... Here's an interesting one. Yeah. Ex-Varna, welcome to the chat. I don't think I've ever seen that handle in here before. It might be worth noting these twins actually lived with two of the people Vic is suing. That's... Uh, That's an interesting connection there. I was not aware. There's okay. There is so much material oh, that I have no. slogged through in the last week, and it, you don't you, you don't, don't see all of it. And you I mean, there's so much. You of it. just don't feel good when you're done. No, it's it's been None very very this. very icky. None of this um, is making me feel good. The other thing, though, to contrast, you know, Vic being consistent in his denials. Sure. I've never done that. I've never done that. I've never done that. I've never done that. So-and-so says this. I've never done it. Right. Monica's story, however, according to her, in 2007, Vic attacked her. In some accounts, raped her, I guess, would be the accusation. Now, this is before she was with, with Ron. And I guess 2007 would be before Vic was with Michelle. Okay. Okay. Now, in the deposition, I've seen a comparison of two different times she gets asked about this. Now, according to her first time telling the story, she went along with Vic for a certain amount of time knowing that Stan Dolan, who was the organizer of the convention they were at, would be walking in at any minute. And he would interrupt and everything would be fine. He'd be done. Okay. And later, in answering questions about this incident, said she had absolutely no idea what Stan's schedule was, didn't know where he was, or didn't know what he would be doing or anything. So contradicts herself in the deposition. Sure. Stan issues an affidavit and says, I don't recall any of that and if it had happened Vic would have been tossed out on his ear Mm -hmm. Monica never said anything to me about it and in the entire weekend after this was supposed to have happened Monica never showed signs that she was uncomfortable around Vic when they all went to dinner together, everybody was happy-go-lucky, getting along, all smiles, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Sure. None of this stuff seems to have started coming out until Dragon Ball Super Broly went and was a hit. Funny how that works. 
Except that and I don't understand how that works. Well, and, and, and I the, have a theory. Well, so so let me let me. Let but me, I'm not going to do get there yet. Let me let me ask you. Uh, okay, nine million dollars is nice for an anime movie. It's a lot. It is, but you know how? What what does anybody get out of this? What is well, what is the <clears throat> Here's who wins. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody wins. wins. Nobody. Now, no one is coming out of this okay. No, not. Um, not Vic, not any of the other people, not the fans. Nobody's winning here. Uh, Exvarna, Exvarna, oh. slight correction. Monica never said Vic forced her to have sex. The most extreme statement she said was he forced a kiss on her and that either she fell onto or he pinned her on the bed. At that point, Vic has never been accused of actually forcing someone to sleep with him. Okay, that's a clarification we need to get out there because yeah, okay. I have I have read and watched so much crap about right. this. Because so much of this stuff, I mean, like I said, just looking at stuff today, I was looking at people who were going, saying things, and I'm like, you know what? If you know these things to be true, mm. then you need to be at a police station filing a report yep. because if these things yep. are true... About anybody involved, about Vic or Monica or anybody, these folks, you need to be, you need to go to the police and make a report mm -hmm. because if, if. And, and speaking of that. Court public <clears throat> bloody opinion. Speaking of that, is I ran across. The court. The, the description, uh. the description, there's that, that timeline that I mentioned on, on yeah. Kiwi Farms. Mm -hmm. At one point. Pensacon gets involved. Pensacon is in in I believe Pennsylvania. Pensacon makes sense. Is I think it's in Pittsburgh, and they canceled Vic. Mm -hmm. And rather than Vic's not going to be a guest, and that's the end of it. Sure. Whoever was running Pensacon's Twitter account <laughs> engaged. <laughs> And got ugly do with not, their engagement. Do not engage. Do and not. Do not. As a result, God, banging my head, just inflamed everything. Of course, of course. And then, <laughs> um, and at, it's at this point, I believe, in the narrative that some of the other YouTube channels started picking up on this story mm -hmm. jeremy over at the quartering uh the other jeremy over at geeks and gamers uh ethan and skyver on his comic comics artist comics art pro whatever so now youtube has started to do that umbrella guy yellow flash all these people are starting to talk about this and they're starting to examine court documents and depositions and getting into what does this mean what does this do which by the <coughs> way is a really really fun game for people to play but here's the thing you're not the lawyers of these people. No. You do not have all the evidence because you can't because that's not how the law works. Right. And opinions and opinions and analysis were based on what was available. Right. And here's the problem with that. It's again, I completely get it. I understand it. I, I everybody plays this game. I play this game. We sit there and go, "Ooh, what does this mean?" Uh -huh. And sometimes you're right. And sometimes you're wrong. So, when you are looking at this stuff on Twitter, on YouTube, 
podcasts, whatever it is, this show, you and I yeah. talking about this. Yep. Okay. The people who are discussing these things, including us, yes. are not experts. Even if they're a lawyer, they're not an expert in this case. Right, because they're not involved in the case. They're not and litigating this they case. don't, if someone tells you, this is what's happening. This is the truth. They're but now, however, but having however, said that, though, however they may mean that, having said that, though, with good intentions Vic, or not, that's not true. Vic being the plaintiff in the defamation case, mm-hmm. now he's not on trial for any criminal activity. On he this. is not. He's his responsibility is to say these people did this are damaging my career. They're damaging my reputation. Here's mm-hmm. this and this and this and this. They and are this. causing damage through. And again, this is where definition uh, defamation can be hard to prove because yeah. a lot of it comes down to if I say something nasty about Jason or like the the, the, the I do not beat my cat. Um, <laughs> but if if uh, there's there's a difference, and, and some of it, and the other one of the things that came out of the court case was if you say something unpleasant about a uh, public figure, right. You that public figure does not have the same because of the fact that they exist in a public setting. Yeah, and this is where things get this uh, things can get interesting too. Well, and and that actually raises one of the questions, one of the criticisms about the judge's decisions on this, because the judge, according to Ricada, the judge unfairly misapplied a factor. And determining Vic as a limited purpose public figure. And until we There's see the transcript. Yeah, until we see the transcript. See the we transcript. Don't know. And again, um, Rick, what's, what's his last name? Nick Ricada. Thank you. Nick, he but, is a, he may have, he's got he's got legal background. He's a lawyer. He's got this part. Um, but he also practices in a different state. Yeah. Which laws are different between the two states. And he has allowed for that. In, in several of his streams, he says, as far as I can understand this. Right, so there's that. To bear he does mind. qualify that. But um, he also, again, is not involved in the case. Directly. Directly. No. And here's something else that, that some of the some of the cons- criticisms I've seen of him have been some of his, uh, some of the things that he says imply, and again, I don't know this imply that he's getting information that he shouldn't have from... He, well, he has acknowledged that he is getting some information from Ty. Right, which, be, some, which people, some, people have, some people have raised the question that that is questionable behavior for an attorney. And it might be. And it might be. I don't know. I, I'm saying that's, that's, I would say, that's one of the things that I'm seeing as well. I would say that given one of the partners at Beard, Harris, Bullock, and Hughes is a state senator. Doesn't mean anything. I don't doesn't think. Mean no, it anything. doesn't mean anything, but I would be hesitant to... to, to but, I, would well, be, I would be hesitant to assume that Ty would do anything that would break the rules and get his firm in trouble and, and you would, by you extension. You would think that. You would, that, would be, that would be a logical thing to think. But again, according to some folks who, some, some of the commentary on the, on the folks who were in the, witnessing the trial, he was um, not an effective attorney for his client on well, Friday. And I've seen, some, I've seen some people who are talking about this, and not just Ricada, but basically the, the impression that some people coming out of the courtroom have have looked at it and said that 
Ty got thrown at a couple of places. One, the, the second amended pleading, which is basically a revised document of here's our case, um, was not the, – the judge wouldn't look at it to start with. And then Chop decided to take the claims against each individual person – which made it much more difficult for the civil conspiracy stuff because if you throw out a piece of one on this person, then the civil conspiracy part starts to fall apart Again, because it's all blended in right. together. We haven't seen the transcripts. We yet. haven't seen the transcripts. Because some of the other things that came out were that the, there were questions about the notarization of the, some, of the, some of the depositions. Ty has said, and he, his clarification on that was that he thought he could notarize by phone which, Some of these depositions, which uh, no, affidavits, now I've seen which this. he can't. Now there is a specific notary license that will allow you to do a remote notary. Right, notary. right. He doesn't have that one. Which, but he wasn't. which, as an attorney, honestly, he if he if he doesn't know that, then somebody at his firm should. So there's there's but, there's an issue there. But he withdrew those right. and resubmitted them without the notarization because he didn't have to have the notarization. Well, and I, I, I according well, I, to different people that I've heard right, and I've heard talk. the and I've heard the opposite. So, I, and I don't know. So I've heard, but there's if it's all, a sworn affidavit, yeah, but and, I think, and and if it's a deposition, those are those are, those are different things. And I, and I honestly just don't know. Yeah, but there's also the depositions are sworn, right? And then the the person giving the deposition looks over the transcript from the court reporter and then signs off and says, right. "Yes, this is accurate." So I think depending on depending on what the actual law is there with what yeah. it's supposed to have, there's also the question of turning things in past the deadline. Now, this is a thing that we've all done at some point. We've missed the deadline for something. There's However, a couple. Well, there's a couple of things on that, as 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 I understand it. And again, uh, we're hearing th- we're hearing things second and third hand. Um, there was one document the, the, that was filed the Friday before the hearing, a mm-hmm. week before the hearing. And I actually have a copy of that, and mm-hmm. you've, you've seen it. It's okay. 1,188 pages. Oh. And it takes every single one of Ron's tweets and puts them on its, its own page. I mean, mm-hmm. this thing is a massive document. As a PDF, so, so the, the filing process is you have your documents put together. <laughs> you submit them electronically. To the court. And I build PDFs for grant submissions for work. And apparently, <sighs> when they did this, when they submitted, it was before the, the midnight deadline, the filing right, deadline yeah. for this particular document. They were they were submitted it beforehand, and they kept getting error messages because the file was too big. And that's what they ended up figuring out was the PDF is too big, so they had to crunch it and crunch it and mm-hmm. crunch it sure. mm-hmm. in order to get it to a file size that the submission platform would take. And by that time, it was about a half hour past the deadline. But the judge didn't care anything about it. Well, and I have heard that that's not quite what happened, but it's also, again, I don't know. Now here's, <clears throat> here's, here's something I will tell you about PDFs. This is a little aside because I do this uh-huh. um, because part of my job is to help my grant writers at the company that I work for take all of their wonderful work. Sometimes it is many, many, many pages long, um, like 40, 60, 75 pages long, um, and turn it into a PDF that is not ridiculously large. Yeah. Now, 
some platforms and most legal platforms, and this is where there's some question I have. And again, just a question, I don't even know. Um, most legal systems, most of this stuff is set up to take fairly large files because sometimes you submit fairly large files. Now that's on our end, and I would think that with a legal system, with, a, with submitting stuff to a court, you would assume that it would take a pretty gigantic file. That said, well, and trust this, me, and this these PDF, can generate some fairly large files, which can, again, be compressed down and yeah. still be still be readable. And this PDF included, because all of those tweets mm -hmm. are images. Mm -hmm. So images in the document are going to take up a considerable amount okay. of memory on top of text. Except. Depending on how they're formatted. Except if they're formatting them so that the images are not flattened into a PDF. Could be they're not. They're doing it wrong. Right. And, and again, <clears throat> again, a law firm should know better. Because to be, per just to be a little technical note, okay? <laughs> a JPEG and a PDF are not the same thing. No, they're not. And if you put a JPEG into a PDF and then you export that thing as a PDF, it has converted it into a specific, because a PDF is a kind of image. Yes. Okay. But it's a different <clears throat> format. And you can take a very large JPEG and flatten it into, and again, you do a compression thing. And if you've got Adobe or whatever, there's a bunch of different programs mm -hmm. you can use for PDFs. Um, quite frankly, again, they should have someone on staff. They should have someone like me, whose job it is to sit there and tell the people whose job it is to write the stuff. Yep. I will take care of the thing that you need to take care of. Well, and according to Ricada, because he was taking notes in the hearing. Apparently. Sure. Um, he says he didn't. Oh, okay, when they the the beginning of the of the discussion about the second amended petition, mm -hmm. they were talking about it being late and a violation of the Rule Eleven agreement. And the Rule Eleven, what Rule Eleven is basically, we're going to lay out a written agreement as to how we're going to proceed. I guess right, sure. is how uh -huh. I understand it. And Ty made the argument that the Rule Eleven, with the deadlines that were in 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 that structure applied to motions and petitions rather than uh, pleadings and amended filings because the amended thing is something that's already in the, in the record mm -hmm. and it's, we're just amending it rather than putting out a new, a new document. We're amending an existing document that's already part of the record. Um, According to Nick, he says, pleadings are a way to add evidence. If you're going to do that, then you add evidence. The, the Rule 11, I guess, you can add things in your supplements up to seven days before the hearing, which the second, the second amended pleading was a week before the hearing. It was the Friday before. That's the big, massive document. Mm -hmm. um, and there is... Uh, apparently, a binder that lays out all of the evidence that plaintiffs' team had put together uh, in charts to you know flow charts to show how all of this is connected between all of the different defendants, mm -hmm. and the judge wouldn't take it. Well, I've already got the defense's binder, and he wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take plaintiffs' binder because Ty apparently had a binder that had all of this stuff laid out. So when the judge starts act, asking for specific pieces of evidence, well, it's in the binder, but you didn't take the binder. 
So I can now I have let me let me look and uh, and then stuff started getting tossed because Ty was Ty was prepared to argue it a certain way, and the judge basically kind of threw him for a loop by processing everything differently, <clears throat> at least according to what we've heard. Now yeah, the, so the, I mean, there's there's been a couple of different things uh, with folks who've been in there. Um, there was. Oh goodness! Somebody from the Dallas Morning News. Sharon Grigsby. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Again, what? And I'm not. I'm not in this room. I can't. I can't judge what this person has written. I can. I can. I can judge the tone of what she's written. Uh, well, I can. I, yeah, I can. So can both I. of those. Both of those articles that she's written. I can. Well, are I can, not news articles. I can. You know, it, it, I believe it says opinion at the top. The first one does. The, the, the one second. I, the, the second one, one did. Look, does the, the first one, one? The the one I'm looking at right now, uh, which was the one from Friday. Uh, the one after the after the hearing. After the hearing. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, is, that's is, marked as opinion. Is definitely I don't marked as one. it's definitely marked as opinion. Is the I I would I, I would want to look at the first one and see if it, it's marked um, as opinion as well. But because the hero shots that the photographer included of Monica and Jamie in that first piece. Oh yeah. Well. Okay. So. So this is. Um. I mean, I'm again. I have. I have no. I don't. I don't care. I, I, I do, I do care because yeah. I think it, I think it, it damages it again. Nobody wins, and there's a lot of damage that's happening here to a lot of different people, and nobody's going to come out of this looking good. They're just not. No, no there are no winners here. The and I think the biggest loser in all of this is going to be Funimation. I think um, Funimation is done. Yeah, I think, I think Funimation burns to the ground after this. I think. Well, I think they're going to have a hard oh. because because last week this hit. Japan, mm-hmm. IGN Japan and Yahoo Japan, oh, both started reporting Trust on this. Me. And one of the voice People actors are going to cut their losses. One of the voice actors in the Japanese industry was on Twitter saying, "I'm definitely passing all of this along." Oh yeah, and there's already word that toy animation is extremely not happy. So here's about any of so this. so here's the problem with whatever. Okay, so um, if if Vic were guilty of a crime, okay, if he was accused of a crime, ah, yes, ex Varna. Now I don't know this. We're we're not. I have not. This is just coming across in the live chat. So sure. take uh-huh. it for what it's worth. Ex Varna. Another thing that might be worth noting: Sharon Grigsby, the Dallas Morning News mm-hmm. reporter. Did an article covering Lemoyne, who is one of the uh, one of the lawyers for Monica and Ron, sure. about his experience um, with West Nile. He's a survivor of West Nile virus, uh-huh. and apparently, I think he only has one lung, and that's part of his opening uh, performance in courtrooms. I guess maybe to garner some sympathy about how he survived West Nile virus and he's still kicking and. Okay, yeah, you're, you're whatever. Um, so, Exvarner, you're fine. There is there is no protocol for the live chat other than everybody's got to got to behave. Behave, That's yeah. It. And and again, um, and actually, this is one of the more livelier chats that we've had in a while. So, it, again, uh, uh, that's actually a lawyer's job. 
to well yeah okay and when i on, on the very on the very rare occasion i've actually had to have a lawyer in my life um aside from lawyers that i personally know as, uh-huh. as people uh aside from being lawyers the uh, i got a lawyer for my divorce um my ex-wife and i shared the same lawyer confused the hell out of the judge how did that work oh it worked incredibly well we went in we said we're getting divorced the lawyer sat there and went, went blink blink but you guys like each other yes we do okay great filled it all out went to court handed you know, we, the judge made us take the stand uh-huh. and swear because they were like this doesn't happen people do not show up with the same lawyer to get divorced is this a scam and we're like <laughs> no we just don't want to be married anymore um and but my lawyer was he looked like a hippie because i was just looking at him going because i had really great things about this guy uh-huh. and i was like i don't know when in, and he's like ponytail hawaiian shirt shorts flip-flops and i'm like you know the the girl behind the desk was and this was the this was 1990 gosh this was 1991 yeah girl behind the counter had, had multicolored hair and a nose ring and i was just like oh, sure and the, this is kansas i'm like what um <laughs> i'm so confused I'm but you were in a college town though, i was right? in a college town but still it was just like i wasn't expecting to see that in the yeah. law office well he said he he Closed the door and said, and behind, hanging out the door was this gorgeous suit. I mean, like you know, Heidi goes, "That's my suit of armor. I wear that into court." He goes, he goes this, and he showed the uh, other side of the wall, which is like all albums. Mm. He goes, "This is where I," because this is where I live and work. I gotta yeah. relax. So, <laughs> so it, it, lawyers are performers, and and if, and sure. you, you yeah, actually well, yeah, want that out. You want that out of a lawyer. So, very, very you know, yes, yeah. he's probably if he if he's going in to to sit there and, and build a sympathetic mm-hmm. thing, that's actually his job. But if you've got a reporter, who oh, has yeah, no, no, I mean, there's a no previous a previous relationship, and I use that word loosely, a previous connection. Oh to no! One like I said, side. there's there's no question there's no question in my mind what what where this person personally falls on their opinion of this court proceeding, right? But based on this this description of because again, until you see the transcript, and unfortunately the transcript is just words on paper. You lose certain things in the transcript. Yeah, a little bit. And you well, sometimes a lot. Yeah, sometimes uh, because sometimes uh, the word what can have a lot of different, you know, depending on how you say it. But so I think that, I think that certainly they had a very distinct opinion of the performance of the lawyers in uh, the room and other people had different opinions. Well, and Lemoyne, Lemoyne starts with a PowerPoint and the first image on his PowerPoint is a dumpster fire photograph, hmm. a dumpster on fire. And a, according to a couple of people who have described what was going on, Chuck never even looked at it. Chuck never even paid attention to the presentation, and and I think cut him off. I don't remember. Um, I don't know. Ricardo said he was taking notes up until a certain point where it just started to look like the whole thing was coming off the rails because, uh, in his opinion, um, Judge John Chubb was treating this hearing as an evidentiary <coughs> trial, fact-finding as opposed to a TCPA hearing. And as I keep saying, as I understand it, my understanding of the TCPA hearing, and I need to check with check this with, with Jules and see, because he understands TCPA a lot better than I do. The, the TCPA hearing, under uh, the motion to dismiss under TCPA, 
the plaintiff has a, a, an obligation, has a responsibility to show enough information, enough evidence, what's called a prima facie, right, prima yeah. facie uh-huh. uh, case that basically says there's enough here <clears throat> that we legitimately have a case to go forward. Mm-hmm. And the defense files the motion to dismiss under TCPA, at which point there is what's called a discovery stay. Now, for those of you who are familiar with law and, and, and you know, if you watch the if you watch the law TV shows, we're all experts, right? Discovery is the yeah. process where one side gives the other side everything they've got. Right. Emails, letters, tweets, texts, phone calls, documents, receipts, whatever. Contracts, and you're supposed comments. to give everything that you're going to use in court yes. with some certain rare exceptions because there's a couple of ways that, that additional stuff can be submitted later. But for the most part, <coughs> yeah. and this has come back to bite people uh, years later and, in, in court cases. And, a court, and, well, and it came back to bite Chuck. Chuck rendered a decision seven years ago and... And the state Supreme Court kicked it back and said, you screwed up, made a mistake, sure. reverse your opinion. And that happened at the beginning of the week when yeah. all of this happens. And that was covered in the news and it was a fairly big deal. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to Friday, Chap's not in a good mood. How much of that factors into this? We don't know. Could be not at all. Could be Could not be. at all. Could be all of it. Um, but... In the TCPA hearing, there is no fact-finding. And and basically, in a courtroom, your fact-finding duties are done by the jury. The jury decides, we believe this fact um, or not. Mm, well, depend, depend, that depends. Depending on, the, depending on the trial. There's if, a lot of, there's a lot there of different some, ways that's not the case. There are some places where the judge is the fact-finding entity. But in a TCPA hearing... If you're showing prima facie, I don't even know how you pronounce it, prima, prima facie evidence, case, prima facie, you don't have to show a preponderance of evidence to make your case. You're not arguing the case yet. You're basically making your argument that you have a case. And the defense comes in and says, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. But according to the different accounts that I've read, Chup allowed arguments on the evidence as if it were a trial and not a TCPA here. This is where the transcript's going to help a lot. The transcript is going to help a lot. But uh-huh. I'm I'm seeing this from more than one, not just Ricardo is describing it. A couple of other well, people that were th- saying this is one of those things where, happened. if again. Depending on what the law is, and, and talking talking to your lawyer friend on this would actually be beneficial. Yeah, and and because I'm, I'm trying to get law, him, I'm trying to get him to come on to Good Morning Multiverse so we can actually talk for a while so, and say, "Here's this." Because because sometimes this stuff, and again, I'm not, I don't know this judge. I have no, I, I don't, I don't yeah. have any. I'm not, I'm not supporting him or or or. And Ju- this up. Jules is not familiar with Chop either. He is not. He's not I mean, appeared in he front could be, of Chop. He could be a great ju- ju- a judge who's who makes mistakes as people do. Judges do. You know, lawyers make mistakes. People make mistakes. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and there are reviews of the judge, but take all of that with a grain of salt because people who don't get their 
their way, oh, yeah. generally blame the judge. Yeah, so, very, and it's it's you know very rarely do fault. judges get glowing reviews from people who lose. Uh, or no, people who win. They don't. <laughs> well, that's you, that too. They, they generally, you sit there. I'm done with this thing. I won. I'm out. Yeah. Um, but so, but at the same time, we don't know. And 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 again, we're looking at folks who are even 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 the lawyers, the, the lawyers who are not involved in this case who are commenting on it. Yeah. They're not Texas lawyers, as far as I'm aware. As and, far as I know, none and of them are, are not fem- and, and are, do not practice. These are not experts in this particular case. Right. So I think some of the issue that we've been seeing the criticism again, not just from this lady, again, message boards, God only knows, um, is that um, while this, uh, uh, the attorney, uh, Beard, Ty Ty Beard? Ty Beard. Ty Beard. um, Might be really, really good at some of their areas of the law, this may not be an area that he's particularly good at, which which may be an issue, because again, you may have a really fantastic lawyer who just doesn't, have the particular right set of skills to be the lawyer you need right now. And I meant to say this at the beginning of the thing, if we got side on Uh, everything and whatnot, Um, in the spirit of full disclosure, I will say that we have a second-hand connection to Beard, Harris, Bullock, and Hughes. Because Mr. Jim Bullock, one of the partners, Mm -hmm is the stepbrother to one of our contributors. Ah. Now, having said that, that hasn't gotten us anything. Right, no. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It absolutely should not. The only thing that has gotten us is, hey, Jim, we've been following the case. Could we maybe try to do an interview? And we've not gotten any response. We have not been able to get an interview. Probably okay with. Um, so that, that connection counts for about that much, which is nothing. Well, and that's the other thing is that apparently, uh, I've heard, and again, I, 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 what I did not do is go onto people's Twitter's account, Twitter accounts, because <laughs> I just don't want to. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I realize, I realize that's, that, that's not good journalism, but I just don't want to. Apparently there's been, a, a beard has been very vocal about saying things he probably shouldn't be saying in public. I haven't seen anything lately. But I think that it's um, at points he's been like, it's like, the, you shouldn't be doing this as the attorney for your client. You should keep your mouth shut. See, and that's one of the things that I would like to ask him in an interview. If we were to get an interview with Ty and sit there and say... All of this stuff that you've been doing on the social media and the online stuff, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think that it's hurt things or not? I, just from what I've read, I personally don't know that that's affected the decision in the hearing. It may very well not, but may, unfortunately, it not. what it does, and this is one of the things I just it just drives a court me of crazy. a public opinion, court of public opinion, yeah. and and it, it's personally, and again. I, I have nothing against Beard. I don't know the man. Um, but quite frankly, um, that just seems like a poor way to serve your client. Yeah. And it serves like a poor way to serve the the. Let, let the me world. interrupt for just a minute. Uh, Mrs. Boss, if you want to hand me the, the tablet, um, you'll have to undo the thing. Um, Miss Invalid over here, getting ready to, uh, to head out because... She needs her rest. Because we've been talking for two hours. We have been, so, yes. And, and we let's, can't... We're not going to solve this tonight. Well, and and I have... I, I we're not going to solve this, <clears throat> period. But I will say, though, 
Sci-Fi Snob didn't show up in the chat, and I'm wearing a red shirt. <laughs> because, you know... We gotta please our audience, you know, right? right? That's and true. Sci-Fi Snob says, "Hey, where's your red shirt?" So now I'm wearing a red shirt for Sci-Fi Snob, and he's not here in the chat. Or he could just be very, very quiet. He could be quiet. Yes, he could be. Very so, quiet. so here's here's my issue with all of this, and 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 this is an issue that is not going to go away because this is not going to be this is not this is not the first court of public opinion. This is not the last court of public opinion. Um, uh, I've told this. I've told the story before. Um, you know that 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 moment when you you discover that somebody you really really admire is not a good person. Uh-huh. Um, you know Jackson Pollock. You know, this is something you learn. I've, I've got an art degree. Okay, this is there's things you learn about about these amazing artists. Caravaggio, Caravaggio, one of the finest painting painters in the history of painting. He's a murderer. I mean, he's it's, it's not like he... No, he wasn't accused. He straight up murdered a guy. Yeah. Okay? Um, Robert the Bruce. Okay? Famous Scottish king. Okay? Murders oh, a, freedom! Murders a guy in church. He's Catholic. It gets... You know, there's a whole lot of excommunication talk around. Him. Okay. Some of this stuff is context. Robert the Bruce was context. No, Caravaggio was straight up murderer. Yeah. Um, you know, you... you uh, Kevin Spacey. Absolutely amazing. Actor. Um... You know, some real questions about his behavior, and this this is a thing you this is a thing you have. To, you know, your heroes are just people, uh-huh. right? Don't ever meet your heroes. Don't you? Know, uh, you know, what is it? Kill the Buddha. If you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. So that you know, don't don't you don't idolize these you don't right. idolize these people um, because they're just people and they're good and bad. And so uh, you know, again, I don't. I have I have no I have no reason to not believe Vic. I have no reason to believe Vic. I don't have I have no I have no investment in this. Aside from the fact and here's here you know here I'm gonna say this. He hasn't been accused of a crime in court. Right. If he did these things or he did one of these things. One. One. Yeah. Okay. If he's if he if he's done these things and he is this person that he's being accused of being, please if you are a victim of this person or any person who has done this to if you if you have if you have been abused if you've been raped i know this is hard mm-hmm. um, but you need you need to go to the police and report it or to a psychiatrist yeah. who who can do it on your behalf or things like that and you, i will point out that a lot of these youtubers yellow flash umbrella guy even Riketa, um uh, uh, Clownfish TV, any of these guys that have been covering this, Hero Hay, uh, Hero Hay has been doing a lot of stuff. Yeoman's work on this. He's he's had some pretty impressive streams. Um, that umbrella guy had Stan Dolan on for a live. Tra- I mean, they they're they're doing some pretty decent journalistic work on this stuff. But all of them have said, if Vic has done any of this stuff. Then he should be right. punished to mm-hmm. the full extent the letter of the law, of the law right. as the law allows. However, that has to happen in a court of law. It has there has to be due process, right. and that's one of the things that a lot of people are having a problem with. With this, um, is 
yeah, you know, and and we could get into the Zoe Quinn thing. We could get it. I mean, not tonight, but all of these things, the whole cancel culture, court of public opinion, Twitter mob mess. But see, uh, but I, you know, I keep coming. That's back, what's I, been used to coming, adjudicate this case. I keep coming back to what are people gaining? What is the what is the gain here? What do you win? That's you that's don't. the question. Nobody wins Twitter. Nobody wins, and. My personal theory, just from all of the different things that I've seen, and this is this is likely not the scenario that actually mm. obtains. Sure. All right. Vic and Michelle got engaged in 2010. Mm-hmm. They split in May of 2018. Okay. That's an eight-year engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, if you're going to be engaged to be married, get married. Don't wait and just be engaged for eight years. That's stupid. That's a lack of commitment. You're not going to do it. Having said that, Vic has admitted to having relationships outside of that Mm -hmm. relationship with Michelle. So they broke up in May of 2018. Okay. The movie comes out. Han Leia does their little tweet, and everybody that's involved in this thing says, Aha! We have a way to get rid of Vic. And I think, this is my personal read on mm. things, I have no no basis for this other right. than just I'm, I'm inferring from everything that I've read. Sure. And all of the things that I've seen in all of this. If you look at Chuck Huber's affidavit, these people, the, the, the environment inside Funimation is just burn it to the ground now, you squeaky, icky, toxic. Get rid of it. A lot of sexual impropriety. And is there is there aside from his affidavit? Is there any evidence of that? No. Okay. As far as we know, now okay. there are photographs because Jamie and Monica were part of a of a show that Funimation was doing. Photographs of what? Uh, all of them in bed together, as part of promoting the show that they were doing. Okay. And and, so, and it's all of this, you know. And according to Chuck, there's there's all of this kissing and and hugging and I mean it was a very a sexually charged environment from the get-go how much of that is is accurate who knows right okay but from reading his affidavit it seems to me that Monica and Chris Sabat and all of these other voice actors were somewhat jealous of Vic's success of popularity it stands to reason he's the one that's out there in front. Um, and according to Chuck, he was the first one who said, let's start charging for, for headshots. I'm going to start charging for, for my autographs. And everybody kind of looked sideways at him like, oh, that's so cheap and, and, and dirty. But then everybody ended up doing it. Now, I don't know how many. Again, do they this is operate, just me. This, do they operate it's in high a world? school. 
It's high school. Yeah, but they, they have never been to a con before. It's high school. You're paying. You're paying for headshot. Well, photo no, all back, the time. Yeah, but back then when all of it started, back 15, then, 20 years ago. Well, 15, 20 years ago, but we're talking about a year ago. Yeah, but this is not when Vic started charging for for autographs. Well, we're but, talking about all the way back. Okay, now but, again, uh, consider yeah. you have to be so emotionally invested. In pretending to be somebody's friend for that long, I can't even fathom. I just, I just, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, I don't know, I don't know, but I'll tell but you. But according it to Huber, doesn't make all a of these years that they've been working together and pretending to be friends behind Vic's back, they've been making fun of him. Teehee, teehee, junior eye stuff, right? Uh, people do that too. People do that. So I'm, I'm thinking. And this is just me, just riffing off the top. They saw an opportunity to get rid of him. The problem with that. So in in your in you answer to, to your question, really what do they win? Is they get rid of the of the of the white Christian conservative? Okay, but there's no. And, uh, I, th- there, and I think that factored into is, a lot of this too. Do we? Well, do we know that everyone in the rest of the place isn't Christian? No, seventy five percent. Seventy five percent of the country is Christian, but so, when they're making fun of him for being a Christian, well, but it depends. Okay, but it depends on what that means in the context. I know context is a because big if because if they're if he is if he happens to be one of those Christians, and I do not know this, I am making it. I am I am not. What do we got? Ex Varna, Ex giving us some good stuff. Also, a stripper pole advertised as part of the panty and stocking with garter belt. Panty and stocking with garter belt was the name of the show. Gotcha. That Jamie, uh, Jamie and Monica, I think, were part of. Um, uh, four voice actors were a bit. There was a party, apparently. Okay. Um, uh, Jamie or Monica also said it was a very huggy, friendly, touchy environment. So that kind of that piggybacks. Uh, you know, having sense. having been a theater guy at various points, uh, some theater companies <coughs> are like that. They're very some tactile. Are. Yep. Some aren't. Um, but but you know, there are there are there are Christians who are. Their faith is a very, very personal thing. They're very, very quiet about it. There are Christians who are open about it, and there are Christians who slam it down your throat at the first chance you get. I do not know this about him. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't, know. I have I don't no get clue. the. I don't get the impression that he was like that. Although he did request, from from what I've read and so, uh, about some of his contracts, mm-hmm. I think I've heard he has requested at times. Time set aside for Bible study or some sort of a service on Sunday. So, but okay, I think fine. I think you could. But I don't think he was forcing it. But I think you could run into you could you could be running into the problem. And again, I do not know this. And I it, again, it seems like an awfully long time to pretend to be anybody's friend for any I know. reason. Um, but you know, the other thing is, is that if you have somebody who is ta- talking about how wonderful a Christian they are, and again, I do not know this, and then they're still getting you know they're they're sleeping with Slipping people around. to cons. You could there is. There's a certain amount of, uh huh, and and yeah, and so and you could be making depending on someone making fun of somebody could be making fun of him for that. I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not, you know, I, I have no, I have no, no knowledge of this. I'm not. I'm not speaking from any kind of authority here. I'm yeah. just throwing Ex, out. Ex Varna in the chat at Funimation. Vic also possibly did a behind the scenes interview with Anime Outsiders where he alleged Sean Schemmel, who's another voice actor had been very vocally unhappy about Vic's faith over the years. That tracks with some of the stuff that Huber said in his affidavit. But again, why was he unhappy about it? I mean, what was the... Well, again, context, context, context. And Still, 
Well, you know, but you know? but again, but then, you know, you have to you have to bear in mind that it's one thing to sit there and say I'm being attacked because I'm a Christian, but that leaves you in a vacuum of of what you know. Were you attacked? Were, were, again, were you attacked because you're a Christian? Because you're saying I'm a Christian, and yet you're sleeping with all these different people, which, in all fairness, guess what? I mean, it's probably not that big. You know, God, personally, I think God probably doesn't care all that much. Some people are going to disagree with me on that. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you know, the you can attacking attacking someone for being a, and again, I don't want to get into religion, but attacking for somebody getting in, being a, uh, a bit of a hypocrite about it is different than attacking someone for going, you know, right? And, and you, well, so the, and, again, context. And that that context. also that Ugh. also flows in. Or, one of the early accusations was that he was homoph- was homophobic. Because at one, at one event, apparently somebody brought some fan art. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That I think what's it called? Yo- Yoi, I think, is basically homosexual fan art, putting right, a couple sure. of characters together who were not together. Right. And and his his and argument Vic, for signing Vic not signing it to was sign it. It, and and he said it's not canon. I'm not going to sign anything that's not canon. Right. Which is uh, as as somebody uh, and if you've listened to the show, you know very much that, you know, I'm uh the last thing you're going to get in, in terms of anybody who's homophobic. Um right. but um I understand that. I and as I uh, from from a from a performer standpoint from I I get it. Personally, you know, I would have made a, a different decision in that position, but I don't disagree with his decision for saying he's going to do something, you know, he wants to stick in canon. New in the chat, Romer, M-G-T-O-W, Sabat, Chris Sabat runs the studio. Tried to have other voice actors attack Vic because he sounded gay like Chuck Huber. Like Chuck Huber was one of the people that Sabat tried to get um, him to do. I, heard, I, I saw something Huber about... refused because he was, they were friends. Um, I, I saw some people, some people thought that... that uh, there was some conflict there because some people thought be, that he was gay. Yeah, um, and yes, Han Leo was the one who complained about Vic not signing it. Now, early reports said that she was the one who brought the pictures, but she clarified later that it was not her; it was somebody else, and she saw this happen. Right. So, so again, you know, in reading through all of these boards, well, I heard somebody told yeah. me somebody said yeah. this is happening, this and that and the other. Ugh. The only firsthand accounts that I read anywhere were people who had been volunteers at conventions who had to deal with Vic as a guest. Right. And those stories don't have any sexual components at all. Yeah. They're, he's a diva, he's got an ego, he's got a temper, he's loud when he gets angry, those things. Mm -hmm. And I've seen more than one I was at this con working this event right. and dealing with Vic and this happened. So you've got firsthand accounts from people who say they were at a convention working with Vic. Who are basically the worst thing they're saying is he's just not a very nice person. He's he, he's a diva. Yeah. He's got an ego. Well, you know, Okay. So, and and we've we've met we've met stars. Uh, yeah. At conventions, and now, they, they sometimes are. I did send an email to Chris Jackson at Planet Comic Con yeah. last week after all of this blew up because I wanted to get some clarification mm-hmm. because they basically made it, like we talked earlier, right. they basically made it that Vic had canceled, mm-hmm. wherein the pleading actually says Vic, uh, Vic got canceled by all of these people. 
And the only thing that I got back from, from Chris was a reiteration of their statement. At the time we put out the statement, Vic Mignogna has canceled his appearance at Planet Comic Con. He says that's all, that's all we've got to say about it. Right. And that, knowing Chris, I know there's more to it than that. Sure. That's all I'll say. Chris, well, I'll say this. Chris is very much invested in the reputation of Chris and his convention. Sure. As he should be, mm -hmm. justifiably. But I think in some cases, he takes that a little bit too far. Well. But that's, we're not going to get into that. That's, that's, that's not right. here, here nor there. So, uh, so the TCPA hearing happened on Friday. Mm -hmm. The result of which being all of the tortious interference got tossed. Mm -hmm. Everything against Jamie Markey was dismissed. Mm -hmm. And I believe all that's left now is um, the defamation and the civil conspiracy against uh, defamation against Ron and Monica. Right. The civil conspiracy against Ron, Monica, and Funimation. Right. And I think that's it. Now, in all, every in, in several of the things that I read, not all, but several of the things I read, those are the ones which may actually be easier, easier as air quotes here, to prove. Um, I don't think they're necessarily. I don't think. Don't think. Don't think that they've necessarily. They've things dismissed does not mean that that things are off the hook, right? No, because that, you could do um, basically what's next um, from what I from what I've gathered. The next thing is uh, what's called a motion to reconsider. So right. basically, on the defamation stuff. Uh, the judge has 30 days to rule on the things that are still outstanding. Mm -hmm. The stuff that has already been ruled, they can file a motion to reconsider. They can say... An appeal. We want... Well, it's different from an appeal. But in... in it, in it is technically an appeal, but legally it yeah, yeah. functions a different sure. way. It's, it, it's a thing. It basically is the lawyer comes back and says... Do you really want to decide it that way? Right, because, yeah. you know, there's this thing to think mm -hmm. about and this thing. And really, an appeal would then go to an appellate court, mm -hmm. which would then either make some sort of a ruling to either... Or send it back to the previous court. They could send it back or they could overturn it or right. they could up, uphold it or, you know, there's different things. So the process, the appeals process is different from the motion to reconsider. That would be the next thing. Sure. I think, and then past that, once a ruling is done on, on motion to reconsider, then at that point they go to the appellate part. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. When the when the judge decides on the defamation stuff, mm -hmm. and and this hearing again, this is not the trial. Right. This is not when decisions are made. This hearing, the purpose of this hearing, is to is for a magistrate to decide if there's a case. Mm -hmm. After which, the case then moves forward to trial, and that's when you get into the fact finding and the sure. jury and all this other stuff happens. And and we're back here again in six to eight, ten months. 
Right, because this does not stuff. go fast. No. There's plenty of not. time for people to say terrible things online. And I suppose Hooray. at some point we should talk about Meyer versus Wade. <clears throat> at some point, probably. Because that's, that's getting drawn out a lot, too, because Wade's lawyer is playing games. But we're not going to get into that tonight. Which, by the way, yeah. again, is the lawyer's job. Yeah. So, so well, no, not, yeah, yeah but yeah. yes, that's the lawyer's job. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway. what that's what you pay the lawyer for. That's why you have the lawyer, because if you didn't want them to defend you in whatever, to the best of their ability, you wouldn't hire the lawyer. So, complaining about that is a little silly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here's, here, again, here's the thing. No one's winning. No one's going to win out of this. A lot of money's going to have been spent on both sides. Yeah. Reputations have been trashed on both sides. Right. No one is coming out of this. Funimation, you're right, Funimation could get, the studios in Japan could look at Funimation and go, this is toxic. We don't want to oh, deal with you. I have, I, I have seen in a couple, mess. I've seen a couple of different places. Plenty toy, messy here. Toy animation is already yeah. just livid about this stuff. Yeah, this is. And, and considering, okay, consider... Funimation is owned by Sony. Mm-hmm. That's going to have repercussions as well, I would think, because Sony looks at Funimation now and possibly sees a liability. Oh, honestly, so you shut them down. You either shut them down or you sell them off. Yeah. In which case, Funimation is done. Toy, anima- Toy Animation comes in, cancels all of their dub contracts, Funimation is done. Yeah. I don't know that they're doing anything else besides this. And we didn't even get into Stephanie Nadalny's story. Shall we Shall we dive no. into the casting couch? Um, no. No. Okay, it's almost 1030, but here, here very quickly, in Huber's, in Huber's affidavit, he mentions, uh, in, specifically he says, in connection to Dragon Ball Kai, which mm. was, I think, one of the productions from like 2013 or something. That a number of actors, voice actors, were recast because they would not sleep with Chris Sabat, who owns the recording studio, whose wife is the head of HR. I mean, it's 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 not it's not like there's a ton of people. It's Chris now, and his wife. Now this is all a legend, right? Because there's been some, there's some, some, some of the folks who supposedly were recast or were, were recast. Uh, one of whom retired, so was no longer in the business. Yes, one, one of them had, moved. One of them moved and came back and is now currently voicing that character again. Though they moved back, and Stephanie Nadalny, somebody else, yeah. And then Stephanie Nadalny finds out she's been recast over the weekend by somebody who's on the inside who calls and says you've been replaced. Yeah. And she's got a history. There's an interview with her in February of this year where she talks about at one point she was involved with somebody at the studio. Now, the assumption is Chris Sabat, who's married to the head of HR. But that's an assumption. That's an assumption. But which may not be true, there are text messages that have come out that have her name atop of them. It looks like a Facebook message um, because it matches what I've seen on Facebook for her account. We don't know, 
because she hasn't come out yet and said anything. Right. But according to these messages on Facebook, she says, Chris Sabat is a terrible person, has tried to ruin my life because apparently, and, and she said in the interview back in February that she was involved with someone, she broke up with them, they threatened her, threatened her career. Mm. And since then, she's done some stuff for Cartoon Network, but she can't get any work. And it lines up, sort of, with what Huber was saying about Dragon Ball Kai and all that stuff. People getting replaced because they wouldn't play ball with Sabat. Except that. except that we're now down to what the three people who were discussed. Turns right. out that but only... by process of elimination, that leaves Stephanie Nadal. Yeah, but, but who's but, already said. But people turns out to be one person again. Well, this is a this is even if even and, if it is and one well person. And, and one person is too many. In addition to the people who were recast, then you have. Allegedly, allegedly, two or three people that were added to the cast who did put out. Now these are different from the recasting. This, this is, is other thing. This uh, again, is where this is all rumor and hearsay. And, and, we don't and, know for sure. And quite frankly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, but it, if Funimation's got a casting couch at any at any point in time in its history, consider Japanese culture. The whole honor system that they have over there. You know, because they don't do things the way we do things. If this becomes, I mean, well, they actually do a lot of the things. Same they things. do a lot, but in terms of the culture, but, yeah. in terms of of a work environment culture. Oh yeah, work environment culture. Yes, I mean this would never go over in Japan. I don't think. Well, if it if and it was if going it on over down, in Japan, it would they they do a better. I think they'd probably do a better job of keeping it quiet. If if it were if it were if it were to come out in Japan, somebody would be performing what's. Uh, well, they don't do that. Seppuku. They don't generally do that anymore. Um, At least figuratively. But business wise, somebody's well, going to fall on the sword. But that's okay. At this point, it sounds like they're basically they're everyone is stabbing everyone. In this particular case, they're all going to end up dead. Yeah, I think I think Cult, Funimation is uh, done. Uh, Career wise, they're going to end up dead. Yeah, I I see a lot I of people. A lot of people are saying that Toy Animation should give give the the contracts to Viz. I've seen some people saying that Crunchyroll should have it, that uh, Team Foursquare should have it. I mean, anybody but Funimation. It's and if Sony decides to divest themselves of Funimation... Which, honestly, at this point, they probably they should. should. Not shut it down. Well, they should shut it down, sell it off. But who would... Nobody I would want it. Want, I wouldn't want to buy Nobody it. Nobody would want it. The brand is, is tainted now. Yeah. It's toxic. Nobody's going to want anything from it's Funimation. It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, but anyway, there there we are. Like we I got said, through it. We got through no it. No winners. We survived it. Well, of course we survived it because there's nobody winning here. No. We're, and we're not intimately involved. No. And we don't. And we don't have a side. No, and I think you and I have been fairly, uh, fairly even-handed on this tonight for the most part. Well, because I mean. And I, I think we have an advantage here, and it's—I don't know—I don't know if—and—and and, and I'd like—I'd like to think so because I'd like to think that you and I are are able, we're smart enough to to recognize the distinction between 
the personality and the part they play. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if this if this had been, uh, you know, the cast of Next Generation, <laughs> I mean, well, you know, and I, because I, there's an emotional, and, and it's not fair, and it's not actually right, but nah. people do it. Yeah. And you get invested in your, your actor, your person who's doing the thing that you really love. It's funny because oh, Mindy has scary. been watching the 90210 reboot reunion show. Yes, I hear this is a thing. It, it's, it's a thing. Um, I didn't watch it the first BH time. It's called BH 90210. And it's, yeah. essentially, it's not, when you, when you hear they're rebooting 90210, it's not. It's a show about it's a the show reboot of Naya. about yeah. the cast doing the reboot. It, right. It is. It's a crazy thing. But this past episode, apparently, they they reconnected with an actor who got harangued in the original series when he threw Donna down the stairs or oh, yeah, hit yeah. Donna or whatever. What the character? Right. Yeah. But his career in. Imploded after that, and this because happens. they went after him. Yeah, fans of the show mm-hmm. went after him, yeah. not his character. Right, they went after him mm-hmm. and destroyed his career. He ended up being a firefighter. There or are actors who get death threats now. Yeah, for through things their characters have done. It's like Lori Grimes, the Walking the Walking Dead universe. She was attacked all the time. Uh-huh. Um, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name, but yeah, it's just. And you know, Dustin and I were quite content to say how awful Lori was, <laughs> but but we never attacked the actress, right? Kaylee, and, Kaylee, uh, uh, I'm afraid I can't remember her name. No. Well, and and a lot of people, you know, and and not to get into the weeds on this, but Rose Tico over on, on in Star Wars: The Last Jedi, yeah. a lot of people complained about that character, mm-hmm. and a lot of people made it out about the actress. When it when a lot of the complaints were about the character, it's a terrible character. How dare you? How racist? No, no, no. I, well, she's fine. But no, but there were there were there plenty, were people. There were yes, enough, there were people that went after her. There were more than enough people who were yes. attacking her personally. And this is but, a, this is a thing you have to distinguish. The character is not the actor, right? And uh, and the the majority of the complaints that I've seen, had again, I'm not looking at the entirety of the internet, but the majority of the complaints that I've seen were about Rose Tico being a useless character. Yeah, but there were a Kelly lot. Kelly Marie Tran did a fine job portraying the character. But there were there were there were those people. Yes, people. There and, were. and the thing is, honestly, one is too many. Oh yeah, absolutely. Period. But you're never going to have that. Oh, I know. Because the internet is, the um, Twitter is a is a is yeah. a, is a hive of scum and villainy. Yes. And uh, X Varna in in the chat. Um, I appreciate those comments. Uh, she says. Uh, 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 I'm a little leery about viewing content on this topic these days. I missed the start, but what I did see seemed slightly out of the loop, but still insightful and decently unbiased. Um, so I, I appreciate that. We, 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 we have try. done our best to be we balanced try. and and not really... Ta- I mean, I have my personal opinion about how things are shaking out, and this is an opinion show. I could sit here and say I'm thinking Vic, you know, I think Vic's getting railroaded or whatever. You know, I could I could spout off my opinion of things, but ultimately, in the final analysis of all of this, we're just trying to make sense of where everything is. Yeah. And it's 
a mess. It is a mess. circus. Nobody, nobody is winning. Fortunately, not you, my circus, not my monkeys. You cannot, again, folks, no. you can't win Twitter. No. You can't. And no. you, can't win, you can't win a Twitter fight. Nobody uh, wins a Twitter fight. No, which is why Twitter needs to go away. Which is what we're going to do because it is past 10.30. I know. We have been going for two and a half hours. This yeah. is one of our longest episodes. It is probably our longest episode. It probably could be. Um, this is episode 194. Episode we're, 100 is going to be five minutes long. Episode, yeah, <laughs> 200. Episode 200. Oh we're God, almost yeah. to it. Yeah, episode 200 is going to be five like minutes six, long. It's going to be, yay! Left. Click, yeah. and we're out. <laughs> well, do you want to do an Ask Me Anything for 200 like we did for 100? Oh, sure. Why not? Sure, why not? Um, okay, so that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for everybody in the chat. Thanks, guys. Um, especially thank you for behaving and everyone being civil and decent. And uh, we didn't have to we didn't have to we throw anybody out. We are very appreciative is great. of that. Um, for those of you who are new, who have just joined us, um, thanks for for stopping in. Those of you who are new in the chat that I've seen here, yeah, welcome. Um, feel free to look around the channel. Uh, throw us a subscribe uh, a subscription. Give us a thumbs up if you want. Yeah. Um, the super chat's always open, so you can do that too. Uh, but we have a number of programs that we have throughout the week. Um, H2O is every Monday night at eight o'clock. Uh, we have Tardis usually song. not two and a half hours. Usually long. not two and a half hours. We. There was a time we tried to limit ourselves to 35 minutes. <laughs> uh, that lasted about that long. Yeah. Um, but we generally do about an hour about. to hour and a half. About an yeah. hour. Um, but this topic was just so yeah. everything, spilling out on everything. Um, Wednesday night is the Doctor Who discussion, uh, Tardis Sauce. Usually a show about a 30 minutes long or so. Ish, we went, we've, yeah. We were 40, 42, I think, the last episode. Yeah, and that is a co-production we do with the guys out of Topeka Traveling the Vortex podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then Saturday morning, we have a news interview talk program called Good Morning Multiverse right, at 10 yeah. o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, we do have uh, another program called The Cosplay Diaries that is on our Instagram channel. Um, we don't have new episodes of that at the moment. We need to go out and shoot new ones. But once we have those again, those roll on Tuesdays. Right. And then we have a Star Wars program called Salacious Crumbs, which I think we're going to have a new episode this coming Monday. Cool. And I think I'm going to be guest hosting one last time before McKenna comes back. Um, and then... We're working on a new show, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay. We're working on some, some new things. Uh, and then I've got, on Sunday night at 11, uh, usually I have a show called Chilling with Pineapple. It's just me. We're just shooting the breeze. I eat some pineapple. When the pineapple's done, the show's over. So so check all of that stuff out. Uh, and, of course, we have news articles over at sci-fi4me.com. Um, we're on all the social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, which is all cosplay, Gab, Mines, BitChute, MeWe. I mean, we, I'm covering my bases here because at some point, Twitter is likely to implode. Facebook is going to get broken up. Um, you know, because we've got all of these attorneys generals that we'll are starting to, what do, to do these investigations now. So, ah, 
that's going to be fun to watch. <clears throat> but we're not going to cover that because no, it's not, fun's going to be the word. Yeah, really. it's you know, it's, it's no it's, matter what, it's going to be a mess. It's, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for watching Thanks, and sticking guys. with us tonight. Um, we'll do it all again next week, and we'll take less time. So we find something fun to talk about. <laughs> I have a couple of ideas. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, all right. Thanks very Bye. Copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.